Hello and welcome to another edition of the podcast where we look back on the cartoons, movies, TV shows, and whatnot of our youth and see if they're still worth a damn. Or not. Or not, which is far too often the case. I am Sean. And I'm Chris. And this is Childhood Remastered. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have been a cultural phenomenon since their debut in 1984. What started as a simple drawing of a little turtle wearing a mask with nunchucks strapped to its arms has grown into a media empire complete with comics, multiple TV series, and movies. Fans of this podcast will no doubt recall our fondness for the franchise. Fifty episodes ago, we covered the original Ninja Turtles movie from 1990. Despite the somewhat negative critical reception of that film, it went on to earn over $135 million at the box office. This meant, obviously, a sequel. It also meant a bigger budget. But an increased budget doesn't always translate to a better movie. Let's see if that's the case as we take a look at Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Now, before we get started, uh, I think some introductions are in order. We are not recording in our normal studio today, and we are not recording with our normal retinue of people. Uh, Joining us today are uh, three people from the Ready, Set, Geek podcast from the Geek Say What Network. We have JPG, Cole, and Alex. Welcome, you guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. I apologize now for our team, by the way. Just gonna say that. <laughs> well, we're gonna have fun. Well, I, I say welcome to the podcast, but we're we're really in your space. So thank you so much for letting us join you in your space. Oh no no no! Of course, you know, uh, just to give like a quick plug, uh, this space is actually Wayland Productions, who does the Wear Live podcast, also uh, a bunch of different documentaries and audio dramas as well. Uh, so I'm sure Mr. Wayland would love that you guys are recording out of here, also. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for, get, for again, letting us use this space. A little behind-the-scenes magic. Sean and I record sitting on twin beds in a bedroom <laughs> with popcorn ceiling and uh, wallpaper from the 1970s. You yeah. guys are making the sound real sexy right now. <laughs> you have we no idea. Ac- we Lucy and Ethel, or Lucy and Ethel, I always say that. We Lucy and Ricky it across beds. And- <laughs> Let's be honest, Lucy and Ethel were way closer than Lucy and Ricky were. <laughs> I think we know what was going on. Yeah. So let's get started. Today we're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Now this movie was an American superhero science fiction action comedy film, which is another great string of words. Word salad. Word salad you, Wikipedia. from Wikipedia that is just ridiculous. <laughs> Why can't they just say it's a superhero movie? Because that's what it is. <laughs> I mean, it, it's not wrong. It's not. <laughs> just string everything together. It Superhero de- movie. Superhero movie. <laughs> it debuted Friday, March 22nd, uh, 1991, and originally had a budget of $25 million, which in today's dollars, that's about $46.5 million. It went on to earn $78 million at the box office, which is about 146 in today's dollars. You're welcome for those calculations, because yeah. as always, my source of compulsiveness had to go and check that. Side note, uh... That's also my birthday. The movie came out on my birthday. and Who else's birthday was that? 
I'm glad you said that because it's also Keegan-Michael Key and Andrew Lloyd Webber's birthday. And? Most importantly, William Shatner and little known Captain James Tiberius Kirk has the same birthday as the char- as the actor that plays his character. Oh, that's just vanity at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that, by the way, that piece of information is not, I put it in the notes, but that is all from up here because I'm very proud that I had the same birthday as James Tiberius Kirk. Well, everybody always has like a birthday that they share with like somebody really awesome, right? Do I? Yes. Yeah, I think you do actually. Now I have to Google that. Oh. Don't mind me. I'm Julia Roberts. <laughs> nice. Really? You know, yeah. you do you look really like, like Julia your... Roberts. I was oh, gonna I'll say t- the lips, right? It's these giant lips. It's I was gonna beard. say you've really yeah. Oh, it's the beard. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've seen Pretty Woman, right? Oh, oh. sorry, Never kiss Julia. in the mouth. That's Never so weird. That's exactly what I call Cole all the time off of the show. Pretty what? Woman <laughs> or Bearded Lady. <laughs> hey, she was awesome in Greatest Showman. All right, I will take that with pride. I haven't That's, seen that one. I haven't either. Oh, haven't it's either. so good. Cool. Am I the only one? <laughs> yeah, I think you are the only one who's seen it. See, I think that's what it is: is the celebrity whose birthday you share, you then become obsessed with them. Oh, I have Olivia Newton-John. Oh, oh, nice. And Serena Williams. Oh, hey, she's a nice. That, she's wow. a badass. Sean, you have to have a couple, right? I don't know. I'd oh, we to, gotta look this up I'd now. Have to look the it only up. one that matters is Captain Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I beg to differ. I got one. Who's yours? Walt Disney. Oh, you oh. son of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. You share a birthday with a racist frozen head in a freezer. So, <laughs> oh, look at that! I've got LL Cool J. You do look like LL Cool J completely. I'm, I'm Dave, okay with this. Dave Grohl, Jason Bateman. Uh, I think Jason Bateman's actually way too creepy and accurate. We need to move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Benedict Arnold. American history. I No, I know who he is. I don't know if I would advertise this shit. <laughs> being with yeah, like, Arnold. You just lost like all of your millennial listeners yeah. right at that point. Come on, you've Did seen you, Hamilton. It's like, right? oh, does he have an Instagram? He's not in. What's his Snapchat? <laughs> Instagram. He does, though. You know he does. He probably Wait, you does. know what? I, I I would put money on there being a Benedict Arnold. I'm sure there is a Benedict Arnold Instagram. Well, we, well, we literally have an Instagram for our puppy, who's in the studio right now. Oh, you're not alone. Lots of people have. Yeah. See? Keep in mind, JPG does not have access to it because I'm afraid he'll shut it down if he does. That's all right. If if uh, if my wife had her way, she would have an Instagram for all of our cats. Basically, her Instagram is the cat's Instagram anyway. <laughs> yeah, that that uh, that song. I have six cats. That's basically Kathy's that's, life. She, oh, that's okay. her. That's her aspiration. We already have three. And oh, I, you're halfway there. I won't let her have any more because we have three and a dog. So it's adorable. Four. You think you have a choice? Yeah. Right. No, I, I put my foot down on this one thing in our relationship, and that's it. No more cats. <laughs> and it moves wildly. Yeah. So. Let's talk about the movie. Uh, <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Now, I don't know actually how old all of y'all are. Uh, <laughs> did you just say y'all? Yeah, I did. Okay. That was, that was I just for, wanted to check. All of you all are. Uh, Chris and I are both uh, literally mid-30s. We're both 35. So when this movie came out, we were seven? Eight. Math. Eight. <laughs> math. We were eight. <laughs> we were so, math. <laughs> so this movie came out in 91, so we were eight years old. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yep. So, I was just I was trying to coach yeah. you for math. Yeah. To yes. give you a heads up, um Alex is twenty nine. Why would okay. you say that? Okay. Why, why would you <laughs> oh, that's so oh. you are because, in so much trouble? I'm, yeah. Uh Cole is thirty one. Okay. Be thirty two in October. And uh I am currently a Highlander. So <laughs> 
Well, I'm yeah. 714. I, th- I was going to say, I know I know how them genes work. Like, <laughs> you do not age. This is not fair. No, uh, Cole and I are actually the same age. Oh, okay. okay. So, yeah. so did you guys, we'll start with you guys. Did you okay. guys, uh, d- did you happen to see this in the theater or was it a home movie experience for you guys? Home movie. Hardcore old movie. My parents would not go see that in the theaters. No way. So no? We, no. Um, I grew up um, having a um, cassette case. Um, like you know, you open the one up. to open up, yeah. like a press yeah, yeah, yeah. on it, and it opens. Yeah, yeah. and like that's where all my nerdum was. Uh, my parents didn't go to any of that stuff unless I got old and begged, and it was annoying. Hmm. I honestly don't remember to to be frank, because um, I was like three. I know I've seen the movie in my childhood, and that could be like my older brother watched it either on TV or VHS or somebody else's house. There's like essence of it in my brain, but okay. I don't remember the first time or most of the movie. The so way, the way so, we talk about that is is it's it's a feeling. Like you you feel like you've seen the movie. Yes. Yeah. You have a feeling about it, but you don't remember anything about it. Yeah. Correct. Don't so, specific so scenes or do anything. Do you have specific memories then for you that that you watched it at home? Like, did you like it when you were a kid? Did you oh. like this movie? Did you not like it? It was, was definitely part of my um, go to movies that I would put on as a kid on constant. Um, I grew up uh, the movies that I it wasn't the actual TMNT 1990 movie. But I had the cartoons, like the three episodes on each on VHS cassette, mm-hmm. on repeat. Like I oh, saw the Chomper okay, episode. Okay. Like, like I can, yeah, like way too much. Okay, so you definitely like turtles were in your wheelhouse. Oh, definitely. What about you, JPG? So, uh, I'm I'm usually seen as as like the intellectual on the Ready Set Geek podcast. I'm usually the one who does all the research and all. Dive that stuff. down into the mud with us. Yeah. So <laughs> here's the thing. Um, I'm obsessed with this movie. <laughs> No, Secret of the Ooze specifically. I'm yeah. I'm I'm specifically obsessed with uh, with Secret of the Ooze. I saw it in theaters. I was uh, I was four when this came out, and I I remember seeing it in theaters because it's one of the first. You know, like around four, you get like the formative like experiences Years to, like, and go see yeah, movies for exactly, real. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and so I saw it and I saw it there. I I own it on I owned it on VHS. Uh, I owned it on DVD, and I currently own it on Blu-ray right now. I do too. Is it the compilation? <laughs> the compilation. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, but uh, I'm I'm emotionally obsessed with this movie. <laughs> I so. Sean, what about you? Where are you at? Uh, I was very much a turtle head uh, when I was younger. I had, yeah. uh, I, I, I watched the cartoon all the time. I had probably all the toys that you could have from Ninja Turtles. I even had the like char- the weird characters like Wingnut. Yeah, and, uh, and the, the and al- what's the sumo character that came with stickers oh, for tattoos? Yeah, and, I remember him. Yeah, and oh, the, the like panda, and they had. Uh, I remember they had a crossover. Yeah, with, there like, was some Usagi weird Jimbo and oh, all kinds of stuff. You you can even get like you can even delve deeper into like the weird uh, like caricatures that they had uh, like for the figures. Like there was like a football. An, no, uh-huh. there was a sports line for the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, and the dinosaur line. And, and there was uh, a WWF line. Yes. <laughs> and a sports line where I believe it was Raphael came with a snorkel and flippers. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I remember. I remember the ones that had the like. You opened up their shell, and it, you could store all their their, yes! yeah, yeah, their yeah. weapons and stuff. Yeah. Oh. Then there were the mutagenic ones. Well, that where was they hard. Would, yeah, they, they, would, they would turn. <laughs> that's a college into, word. Yeah, that's a 
It's a five dollar word. They, they would turn in. You could you could open them up and put their like human arms and legs in and their turtle human head, and you could turn them back into like regular turtles. Like, oh they yeah, had little yeah, yeah. turtle arms that came out. So, right. so were, did you like the movie though? This I, movie? No. I mean, I, so <laughs> because bringing it on back so, here. No. Yeah, coming back home. No. So I loved the turtles, and I remember watching the first movie. We talked about that when we when we did the first when we went over the first movie. I remember watching the first movie all the time when the second movie came out. I watched it like crazy for probably a period of like a year or two. And then it like just way too long. Well, no, yeah, like well, not as long as some people, but like for a year or two. JPG, <laughs> <it's> fuck on... <laughs> off! Shut up. <laughs> for for a year or two, it was on constant rotation, and then it just poof disappeared. I didn't watch it for like years, years and years until like randomly I would see it on Sci-Fi or something, and and like oh cool UPN UP yeah oh, KKL9. UPN yeah I watch it on on TV it'd be on so I'd watch it and then I wouldn't see it again for another. Ten years, or ten something. years, yeah. and then I, I watched it, you know, for for the show just yes, no, not yesterday, the day before, and uh, man, I was it was just brought back to all the cringe-inducing things from my youth. <laughs> so, I went to go see this for my birthday because it came, came out, out on, on birthday. my birthday. <laughs> so I went for my birthday, and my brother and I, and the three cousins that I grew up with, we were all obsessed. With Ninja Turtles, we had the outfits, we had the toys. Oh, God, did you say three cousins? So that means you all were individual turtles then? Yes. Did you fight over a specific one, though? Well, there was was five of us uh, guys total. Who got to be uh, Splinter. Yeah, who had to be Splinter. No, there's there's a specific way to ask this question. (laughs) Who had to be Splinter? The youngest had to be Splinter. The youngest had to be Splinter because (laughs) he was the one we picked on, so he had... so he had to be Splinter. So. <laughs> because when he quit and walked away, it didn't matter with Splinter. And my little sister was a couple years old, so we made her be April O'Neil. So, oh, yeah. Uh. What about Venus de Milo? No. Oh, uh, she's boo, trash. Boo. <laughs> Sean, get out of my studio. <laughs> it's like that female a street shark that I talked about that didn't oh, yeah. exist, the, the meta one. Yeah. yeah, at least she existed for like a season. I think. Yeah, I think one or two. So, yeah, I went and saw this. I was obsessed with it. And I was one of those kids who idealized Vanilla Ice. Oh, God. And I, we were talking about I had, this on so the I way had, over. I had MC Hammer pants. Of course <laughs> and Of course I did. And I wanted. I thought Vanilla Ice was so cool. And, I, and at one point in the early 90s, I had the Z carved into the side no! of the No! No! No joke. I totally did. And then later I also had a mullet. And okay, then I did okay. the, cor- the Coolio cornrow thing. I made a lot of poor, terrible decisions <laughs> what's, in my life. What's worse? What's worse? Being that age and having the, the Z in the head. Or doing what I did when I was younger, and I did the Star Trek sideburns. Star Trek sideburns. How old were you when you did the Star Trek sideburns? I had facial hair very early. (laughs) Then that's a proud moment, my friend. Seventh or eighth grade. That's a very proud moment. Oh, actually, no, 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 no. He's right, because you'd be the cool kid with, like, facial hair. So whatever you did, it didn't matter. You had facial hair. I'm 35, and my beard still makes me look like I need to stay 500 feet away from a school or a church. Oh, (laughs) uh, I'm 714 years old. This is 714 That's years. Right. Yeah, Which got, is nothing. He's got the facial hair of a like a firstborn child. <laughs> <laughs> it's like mine. It grows in patchy and weird and the four hairs that you grow in are different colors. So, <laughs> yeah, least, no. At least no, no, your, your facial hair easily trumps my <laughs> vanilla ice Z on the side. No question. But at the same time, I got teased mercilessly for that vanilla ice. And thing, rightfully so. so. And rightfully so, because as we now know. I don't normally advocate bullying, but damn, you should have been bullied. <laughs> I, I was definitely I bullied. So hard to be quiet. 
<laughs> like, no question, bullying was a, was a large part of my childhood. Oh, my God. I'm not, not saying it's right. This, but for, you to, know. To quote, to quote Chris Rock, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying I get it. I wanted yeah, to be more I like understand. I wanted to be like a Michael Scott moment where he thought he was wearing parachute pants, but he wasn't. It was just something that they sold, and he was just constantly walking. wearing a trash bag that was like tied up at the ankle. Oh, it, you know, it's very possible that that could have been a thing. If it makes you feel any better, and I'm going to spend this whole podcast just throwing JPG under the bus, Please, I God, did no. find pictures of him with oh, no. frosted tips. Oh, hell no. oh! Air five through that glass booth, my friend, because okay, I so, had that too. So here's the thing, you guys. Um, I had a boy band phase from like... Like you were in a boy band or you liked boy band? I yes. was in a boy band. Yeah. Oh. I was in a boy band. Okay. I had a boy band phase from like 12 to now. Now. Oh, okay. Right now. All right. Literally this second. My condolences to your wife. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I don't know. I've known you for almost 10 years. Never once did I know about the frosted tips. I found the pictures Chief. when we were cleaning the garage. Yeah. Oh, this is amazing. And to bring you back on topic, I also found his Ninja Turtle sheets. Can you please, please? Those are probably worth some money. Oh, They're actually. in perfect condition You right need to now. save them for, for any future children you may have. Oh, no, no, no. But then they won't be in good condition. He'll never let our children use them. My four-and-a-half-year-old daughter <laughs> sleeps on Sailor Moon sheets from the era, so it's okay. I don't care that they're not worth anything. She played with my $500 Ocarina of Time action figures. <laughs> I made that mistake, but it is what it is. Yeah. It's no, love. No, no. These it's are love. daddy's toys. You don't yeah. get to play with these. <laughs> Daddy, I broke the leg off of this horse. What's its name again? It's Epina, and it's worth $500. Oh, oh no. it's fine. It's fine. It's like the Lego movie, though. Like yeah. You just got to let them play and be kids. That's right. Yeah. So no. you just got to let it go. No. <laughs> no. So I, let's bring it a. Back around town. So do a complete 180. We're okay, going to do a 180 because we took a way hard left into Fun Town. <laughs> what? We don't spend any time in Fun Town. <laughs> this movie created. This movie was created by. Uh, we, now we've talked about them before, but Laird and Eastman started off making comics. I believe that started on a on a napkin. Yeah, that's what that was the in the intro. It was literally the. Uh, I think it was. I think it was Laird. Drew uh, a turtle with a bandana, and literally nunchucks like tied to his to, the to hand. his hands, and they just thought it was hilarious. And then they decided, <laughs> huh, maybe we can turn this into a comic. And then the comic was an important point to make that we'll get to way later. It is for adults, mm-hmm. not for children. Well, it's for like, like you know, it's not a kids comic. Yeah, okay, it's, so it's a normal comic, not for children, not yeah. for young children. Yeah. And so this is based off of that franchise, and the writer for this is Todd W. Langan, who worked on the crew for the Wonder Years and really only wrote the first two movies. Didn't really do anything else, right? Not that I could find. Nothing yeah. really worth mentioning. I'm yeah. I'm thankful for it. <laughs> for the movies or is... that he didn't do anything else? A little bit of A, a little bit of B. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe a little bit of both. Yeah. Now, the production company for this movie was Golden Harvest. And if you're not familiar with Golden Harvest, I know. which it sounds Are you happy like with you the might stuff be. that I put in here. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm so obsessed. Uh, I, I, Sean, please keep out. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, Golden Harvest was founded by uh, veteran film producers Raymond Chow and Leonard Ho. They came from the infamous Shaw Brothers Studios. And they formed their own thing, contracting with independent producers and giving talent more generous pay and greater creative freedom. Which was a big deal at the time. Yeah. Because it was not done in Hong Kong uh, action cinema at the time. 
Yeah, the uh, the the Golden Harvest was actually famous for producing the Big Boss, which was the breakout role for someone that you might know about, martial artist, movie know, star, like Mr. Sm- Lee. I think his name's Bruce. Rick? Bruce. Bruce. Yeah, Bruce, Bruce Lee. Lee. It was okay, the, yeah, the big okay. the Big Boss was the All breakout right. role for uh, Bruce Lee. Uh, so, mo- uh, just as a quick interruption, these I, I pulled these from our notes from last year because I'm a huge Jackie Chan fan. And and I love like all the stuff on Golden Harvest, and I read his biography and all this. So this is like a lot of this actually came from my brain, and then I put this in here back when we did these notes before. But I put these in here again because I love Jackie Chan and I love Golden Harvest. Who doesn't love Jackie? So Chan? This, the mention of Jackie Chan is because Jackie Chan got his big break from these guys. Uh, as a side note, he he actually was in Enter the Dragon in some of the fight scenes in the back. He gets kicked in the head by yeah. Bruce Lee. And also choked by Bruce Lee, too. Yep. Yeah. In two separate scenes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a prestigious role. How many people can say they've been kicked by Bruce Lee? Also, a fun side note, On as purpose. you can see, not in the notes, <laughs> but the, the, the scene where Bruce Lee does that flying kick and kicks a guy in the chest, he actually broke his foot. I mentioned this, I think, last year, too. He broke his foot. Uh, kicking the guy in the chest because the guy claimed that Bruce Lee was uh, all show and didn't know what he was doing. And (laughs) so he decided to prove him wrong and he cracked the guy's ribs and broke his foot in the process and uh, pause filming. Gives new reason. Yeah. Gives new, uh, gives new meaning to the phrase, break my foot off in your ass. Yeah. (laughs) In this case, in his chest. Yeah. And, and yeah, so we don't have to go too deep dive into that, but I, I, I love, uh, Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan. So that was yeah. kind of a little detour. The other production company, or one of the other production companies, was Mirage Enterprises, which was actually the uh, company that was created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird back in 1983. They were the the Mirage Enterprises produced the Mirage comic series, which the Turtles came from. Right. And there's a bunch of comics within Mirage, too. Yeah. And the last production company is North Shore Investments, which I'm sure just had dealt with the, the monetary aspect yeah. of it. Sounds shady. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it usually is. Yeah, I do, uh, now on the producers, I just want to name them Thomas K. Gray, Kim Dawson, and David Chan, uh, mostly because uh, time. So, yeah. <laughs> <Let's>, <laughs> we got to fill some time in here. Here, save me the no, producers. No, I think it's the opposite. No, we don't no, have enough time. Oh. I don't, yeah, there's like, so when we first started this show, like Sean knows, like I'd have seven pages of handwritten notes. And I'd be and doing then, this a lot. And he'd be doing this a lot. And I'm like, okay, dial it back, dial it back. And then when we switched to computers, like, this is the best. I could do all of this stuff. And so our notes, I don't know, how many pages is this? It's enough. Like, it's enough. It's, it's enough. enough. <laughs> yeah. But, like, we'd have, like, 12, 15 pages of notes. And so now I've started, like, I'll just put their name in. And if there's nothing interesting, I'll just leave a blank because I don't want to. Are you taking notes on that, JPG? Okay. Uh, is you he shut as guilty as me? Does he do that too? We had to give the notes to Cole so that they stop being, you know, twenty-five pages because hey, it's Cole be- just adds links. It's better to yeah. have too much information than not enough. You can leave stuff out, but then if you don't have enough stuff, you're like, Ugh, what? Are- yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But when you're trying to say the end, you have to scroll, and you're like, one second. Scroll, 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 scroll. Hold oh, on. Shit. Scroll, 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 scroll. I'm halfway there, guys. Like that's <laughs> gotta use Google Notes, then you can go by topic. I hate Google Notes. So some of these uh, notes on the production, maybe we can we can do that back later. around. Let's yeah. get into the cast of characters. Well, director first is Michael Pressman, and it was composed by Jean Duprez. Uh, actually, John Duprez. Uh, and the <laughs> soundtrack, which is what most people I would think remember. Well, not most, but probably a lot of people remember from this movie because of Vanilla Ice. Go Ninja, go, go Ninja, go. Go, go Ninja, go. Ah, oh, they were going. So, oh, no, I, so it's fine. I hadn't seen this movie in probably 10 years. 
if not longer. Oh, for me, it was longer. Yeah. So yeah. I'm sitting there watching it. My wife's reading a book next to me on the couch as we're watching it. And when that scene came up at the end, the Go Ninja Go, the Ninja Rap song, I'm sitting there and I was telling Chris on the way over here, I was cringing my everything. I was, it was. I don't like awkward humor. I don't like feeling awkward. And when I do, it's physically painful for it me. It makes oh, me wow. so happy. Like, it's my oh, favorite it's, thing in the whole it's world. It's the worst. And I'm just like, yeah. uh. So I'm watching, I'm up there watching Vanilla Ice do his thing. And I'm watching the turtles dance with him. And I was like, cr- I was crumbling up into a ball on the couch because it was terrible. Yeah, oh, but Sean, I mean, it's the green machine. I know it gonna is. Gonna rock the town without yeah. being seen. That's right. So my wife is sitting there on the couch reading her book, and in the middle of me curling up into a ball and wanting to die, she starts singing along. <laughs> yes! Every, every word. And I turned to her and I was like, how the hell do you know this song? And she looked back at me and she said, how the hell do you don't? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just really happy that she is slamming and jamming to the new swing sound. My, my wife knew most of the words too. And then my toddler, she's almost five now, she, she got up and danced. Did like her own Aww. moves to this song, and she just rocked out in in the <laughs> living room. She rocked it hard. That she loved gives, this song. That scene gives me so much joy. Like I just it brings back childhood joyness for me. I'm like, yeah. I but like know. Vanilla Ice was like at the top of his game. He was super popular. Like all the kids, except for apparently Sean. Vanilla Ice was Vanilla a, Ice. Vanilla Ice was a bottle rocket. Vanilla Ice went and then went boom and then he was gone. <laughs> See, that, I don't like that song for Vanilla Ice. It's, it's actually, Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that's, that's actually, actually not true. Well, it's sort of not, and that's what I put in the Ugh. notes here. So, for me it was. So before he was a big rapper, he actually started quote, his unquote. career, quote, as a professional motocross racer. And he was actually like at the top level of, comp- of competing. And then he had a pretty bad injury, and that's what started him getting into beatboxing and freestyle rapping. Is that why he rode a motorcycle in Cool as Ice? Yes, it is. And Wait, that you need movie... a reason to ride a motorcycle in that? <laughs> Have you seen Cool as Ice? Sure. You're not missing anything. I'm oh, not. no, you are missing everything. <laughs> no. Vanilla Ice stars in his own adventure film where he and his motorcycle gang buddies get this weird house uh, in the country, and he falls in love with this rich girl who has horses, and... He has to like protect her, and it's a it's a sort of um, it's essentially Dirty Dancing, but way y- dumber. <laughs> yes, with Vanilla Ice. Sounds like a Michael Bay film. <laughs> Michael that, Bay presents. If it dirty had dancing. a little more lens flare, it definitely could have been. Yeah, and, and if so, Vanilla Ice just exploded. Maybe. Vanilla Ice is also born on uh, Halloween. His name is Robert Matthew Van Winkle. I always thought that name was fake. No, that's his real name, Van Winkle, and. This career, quote, I'll put in quotes, because it was, as Sean said, sort of a bottle rocket. It was a flash in the pan. It definitely was a flash in the pan. It then led to professional jet ski racing. He was uh, internationally ranked. Weird to know. And and I put this in here because it makes me very happy. He wrestled in a Juggalo pro wrestling match, and his career never really waffled back and forth. They sort of waffled back and forth through the 2000s, but he did juggalo professional wrestling. I did not know that that even existed, but... The fact that you said that sentence out loud and you put it out in the air for everyone else to hear, I'm so excited to just find the YouTube video of this. Yeah, I know. I didn't look for, I didn't look for it. I really should have. But I have it makes a question. me feel dirty to think about. What is the difference between regular wrestling, wrestling and juggalo wrestling? Do you remember Doink the Clown from WWF? No. Okay, well, just imagine grown-ass <laughs> men, okay. overweight, probably... Very uh, much. Very much so. 
who are in full face makeup because clown makeup, clown makeup. Because are you familiar with uh, the insane clown posse? Yes. Okay. okay. They're juggalos are their fans. Their fans are juggalos. Oh yes. So yes. They, they dress. I up. made you watch you the made documentary. Me watch the documentary. So they okay. Dre- they so imagine up. those people doing professional wrestling. So oh, no. really, what you're? Oh yes. <laughs> yes. Really, what you're saying is that Vanilla Ice is essentially like the quintessential redneck. Yeah. Maybe it's, that's why I liked him. It's part of me as a redneck deep down inside somewhere. <laughs> I gotta find it, but it's in there. I mean, even later on, like. It, it, it's, a, it's a happy ending for Vanilla Ice. Though. Yeah, because he was a real estate mogul and became a, a multimillionaire. Very successful, actually. After... More successful doing real estate than he ever did being Vanilla Ice. Yeah, he, yeah he, he was like one of the original uh, like pioneers for flipping houses and then even had a reality show for it, right? Yeah, and he actually <laughs> did pretty well even with the downturn in the market, too, which is sort of interesting. So, so he's really good at taking someone else's stuff and making it a little bit different and selling it as his oh. own? <laughs> Yeah, actually, and you know what's funny about that is because the the song Under Pressure, he was accused of stealing the the background music uh-huh. for that because of the dun 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 dun. dun, 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 dun. Oh, have you heard him dun, defend dun, dun. that? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. He he'll say like, no no, I say it's dun 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 dun, and then I do this dun 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 dun, dun. and you're just, you're listening going, it's the same same thing, man. <laughs> it's the same song. Oh, yeah. No, it's the same thing. So let's get into the, the rest of this <laughs> cast. Besides Vanilla Ice, who is both part of the soundtrack and the cast, we have April O'Neill. And April was the reporter for Channel 3, and she's played by Paige Turco. And she's April in both Ninja Turtles 2 and Ninja Turtles 3, which actually does not have a name, but it's basically Turtles in Time. And <laughs> Oh, how a, dare you? Uh, no, that's the worst one. Chris, how dare you put Turtles in Time with Ninja Turtles 3? They, do they travel in time? Turtles in Time was they, an amazing game, and wait, you wait, compared it to a dumpster wait, fire of a movie. Wait, do they travel in time? Once. They do travel they, in time once. Twice, technically. So they travel in time more than once? I'm sorry, I decide. And are the turtles time. in it? So are the turtles in time? Okay, I understand that you're technically right, which is the best and worst kind of right. It's the best kind. <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, back turtle future. Never mind. Grown or foul. I don't care. <laughs> I'm proud of it. It's original. That's so fairly- Paige Turgo didn't really have a whole lot. Uh, she is currently Abigail on the 100, but but she's had like bit parts mostly on like Party of Five and NCIS and stuff. And it's fun to note why she is April in this instead of the original actress. Because the original actress was a complete bitch and complained the whole, to, the whole time during <laughs> no, the first it's movie. True. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. According, <laughs> according to, to the entire cast of the first film, <laughs> including the directors and writers and producers. But yes, do it. yes, allegedly. Uh, she also uh, had a lot of complaints about the outfits and the costumes and all just all kinds of stuff. So they asked her and put in Paige Turco. What's What's interesting to note, and it's it's something that that is sort of something that comes up throughout the movie, is that Paige Turco's uh, depiction and the way she looks and the way she like presents herself is more in line with the comic book April. Than right than the original oh, totally. one that played it mm-hmm. in the first movie. Oh no, I I love Paige and as April compared to the first one. Uh, the how I felt about the first April O'Neil was she was really like a mom, and I was when yeah. I was a kid. I was which, watching yeah. it was like it was a mom, which is so funny because I think in that movie she was like twenty. 
Like the actress what? was like yeah, 20 years old. Yeah, she was like 20 old. years old. She was no. super young, which probably contributed maybe to her being really demanding and like, like no, I'm not going to do that. This is my first role. Yeah, I think it was. She probably yeah. thought it was going to be her big breakout and she was going to be this huge star it never went for anywhere. that. Yeah. yeah, that was it. The next character is Professor Jordan Perry, who essentially in this is the scientist that creates the ooze. He also creates the mutated Toka and Razor characters, and it's played by Emmy Award-winning David Warner. And he was uh, Ed Dillinger from Tron. If you have not seen Tron, you really should, because it's a great movie. I would also like to point out he's Archmage from Disney's Gargoyles, and he is Loeb from Freakazoid, which we covered not that long ago. And uh, he's done some other things I'm not going to bother to mention. But he will mention. I will mention because it's one of my favorite episodes of all time of Next Generation. He is Interrogator Madrid, and we mentioned him before because he's the one who tries to convince Picard that there are four lights. He's trying to convince him there's five, I think. And oh Picard, yes, and yeah. Picard says, but no, but Picard says there's four lights. Yes, yeah. no, that's a that's a great episode. And one thing that I wanted to bring up with this character. So this character has he's he's sort of a parallel to because in the production of this movie, uh, Eastman and Laird wanted it to be they to get inside their heads. They hated the Ninja Turtles cartoon. Absolutely hated it. I loved it. I did too. <laughs> Most people loved it. They hated it because it was such a far departure from the what Ninja Turtles comic. Yeah. Oh, Is that absolutely. because it was made for kids versus the comic that was yeah. made for well, adults? Well, so what happened was, and just in my brain, uh, the original cartoon, what happened there was Laird and Eastman, they had the comics and they wanted toys done and nobody would make the toys. Playmates at the time was not a big company and they said, you know what? Let's go ahead and make toys, but you need a cartoon show to do it. Because that was a thing in the 80s. That was the thing. You couldn't have a toy line without a cartoon. Cartoon. Right. You'd think it would be the other way around, but it wasn't. They made cartoons to sell toys, not toys to sell cartoons. Right. And so what happened there was then they made this cartoon show that totally took on a life of its own. There was Turtle Fever and all this stuff, and then the first movie. And so then they tried to separate and go back in time. But you can't travel back in time unless you're Michael J. Fox. That's it. So, or the Ninja Turtles. Or I the was Ninja just going to say that. <laughs> well, there is a on. distinct separation of quality between their time travel. Well, the so, or a doctor. Or a doctor. Oh. oh, that's true. Or the doctor. That's right. So, Which doctor? Question then, <laughs> since they were trying to distinguish, uh, separate themselves from the cartoon, how come they mirror the cartoon so much? So here's what happened. In the the two end up being. The, the two end up merging, essentially. And that was the struggle, I think, that they had. I mean, I don't know them, but that's the struggle that I would see. So the 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 comic came out in 84. The cartoon came out in 87. The first movie came out in 90, and this movie came out in 91. So by the time this movie came out, the cartoon had already been going for four years. Mm-hmm. The cartoon had taken... Meta from the like, comics. Yeah, intellectual property or stories, characters, such, from the, from the comics... And then change them into a more kid-friendly pastiche. Right. So when they went back, when when Laird and Eastman went back to the comics, because they had a, they influenced the writing of this movie. They influenced the writing of Pretty the first heavily. movie and they influenced the writing of this movie. And by the time they went back to create this movie, they wanted to incorporate elements from the comics. But by that time, those elements had already been incorporated into the cartoon. So, like... 
uh, the reason that I brought this up was that the uh, the character of Professor Perry, the, the Professor Jordan Perry, mm-hmm. he was originally in the comics. They wanted him to be a, a vessel of these aliens, which actually created the ooze in the comics. The aliens were called the old, the Utrams. And if you if you're familiar with the character Krang, yeah, that's essentially what they were. They were they were small like spherical brain-looking aliens that rode around in the stomachs of these like carrier robots. Like aliens, not interdimensional beings. No, they were aliens. aliens. And yeah. the, the ooze was the ooze was what they they essentially get stranded on Earth and they create the ooze to like power their ships in the comics. And they leave it b- behind as sort of waste by yeah. accident. Yeah, so so originally the original treatment of this the professor was going to be he was going to show that he was one of these aliens at the end at the end he was going to like lift up his shirt and there was like a little alien it's going to be there. like a like a total recall open your mind yeah. kind of oh god thing. why did you say that out loud <laughs> cuz it's in, i can't I can't not get it out. but 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 Laird and Eastman decided against it because they didn't want to confuse this character in the movie with the character of Krang from the TV show. They didn't want to associate it. Oh so, see oh sorry go for it uh, no it it was this really interesting uh idea where you were you had the same property, but you were afraid to cross brand it at mm-hmm. that at this point because like uh, at you were you would be con- essentially confusing kids and and like your target market at the same time. So uh, and contaminating two different sets of stories. Exactly. So pretty much DC with like Flash, the Flash show, and Arrowverse versus like. The movies where they were trying really hard to keep them separate, even though they're the same characters. But DC gets right. away with that with the multiverse theory. But um, well, I was con- I was actually on the way over here. I was comparing it to. Are you guys familiar with Mash? Both the TV show, the book, and oh the, god, uh, the TV the show and the movie, not the book. Okay, so the movie and the book are very very similar, and they're based off of a book. Yeah, the the book the the movie. Or, the sorry, t- the movie and the TV show are based yeah, on the book. They're both based off the same book, but the book is far truer to the. I mean, the movie is far truer to the book, and the author of the book is essentially he wrote himself in as Hawkeye. So he loved Donald Sutherland, or he was very happy with Donald Sutherland's portrayal of Hawkeye in the movie Mash, but he absolutely hated Alan Alda's portrayal of Hawkeye because it was so, so different from the character in the book and in the movie. I I likened it to something like that. Like, they created this character... They created like the character of what is essentially Krang. They and then created, somebody took it and took and created it into something, something else. else. Right. And yeah. then they like they wanted to use it again, but then they didn't want to associate it with that other thing. It'd be like if the guy came back and wanted to make a new Mash series, but then like everyone knows the character of Hawkeye from the TV show, right. they wouldn't have associated it with the movie or the book. So then he would. It's like, why do I want to use this character again? He's ruined essentially. So here's the thing, I think that's incredibly hypocritical. Yeah. Of Eastman and Laird. Oh, I totally do too. That's uh, what I thought too. Yeah, because I mean, the turtles in the comics started as this, as as really the original um, pastiche of like '80s gritty comic books, right? Mm-hmm. The oh, Ninja yeah. Turtles were were literally created to to show that that this grittiness that we're kind of experiencing now with like the DC universe and all that. Uh, it, it's it was kind of to show that it's kind of stupid. Yeah, and, they poke fun at it. Yeah, no, they yeah. consistently poke fun at it, and on top of that. They are even uh, cross-branding themselves, and they're they're actually muddying up uh, Marvel comics at this point because they heavily imply that the uh, that the accident that turns them into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is also the same accident that blinds Daredevil. Yep, that hmm. it's it's uh, mm-hmm. they were originally they were a sort of parody of Daredevil comics. Well, because that's why they're called the Foot. 
Yeah. Because the right it's one. the hand. And right, oh. exactly. And it's splinter uh-huh. instead of the stick. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because what do you get from sticks? Splinters. Splinters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That is so, that, so dumb that I never made that connection. It's a, it's a huge <laughs> meta. Like, the whole, like, if you think about it, it's really smart the way that they wrote it. And in a separate concept, it's really smart. But then, like, as you said, when they're trying to sort of create this other property and then not mix them, but then mix them, it becomes sort of hyper hypocritical. Yeah. yeah and and it, it, that, it was so circular also. Yeah. No, and, it makes it makes very little sense. And ultimately it, it ruins the at least in my opinion, it ruins the actual point of the movie. Cause originally, I mean the 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 title of the movie is The Secret of the Ooze. And originally in the original treatment, the secret of the ooze was that it was from aliens. Like that was the secret. And now the secret is uh, it was something that this chemical company made and it's not. Yeah, it's an accident and they're trying to hide it. Yeah. And and the turtle's existence is mostly meaningless and blah, blah, blah. So like they actually changed the core concept of what the movie was going to be about because I didn't want to relate it to the cartoon at all. See, for me, when I, when I watch that, I don't, when I see the scientists, I don't ever think Crane or, Kane, Crane, Crane, Crane. Well, it's uh, if you lifted his shirt, well, you I saw know, the little brain guy. With the way his lab coat was and his bow tie, I thought he was the fly scientist guy. Baxter Sockman. That's yeah. who. That's who they eventually made him sort of like a like a like a parody character of. Uh-huh. They they were trying eventually to... in the like later like rewrites of the script. Yeah, they the were first treatment. They were oh, trying yeah. to do. They were trying to make it more like uh, one of the. They, they sort of incorporated different stories from the comics. I think it was like. Uh, the issue four and and issue seven, they sort of combine stories of of uh, Bebop and Rocksteady, and then they combine sort of parts of the story with Baxter Stockman and creating the Mousers, and they were trying to make like a like a weird amalgam story out of all those. And then they wound up with what we what we ended up watching. Yeah, I mean, it, and that's it's sort of one of the things that makes it if you know about it that makes it maybe a little more difficult to watch. Um, to watch in that like you kind of know what it could have been. It's you always know? the worst when you find out what they were originally going to do. I didn't want to know any of this stuff. I shouldn't have not. I, I should have just not known. I should have not known. <laughs> okay, Pandora, whatever you say. <laughs> That's opening the box. Yeah. I can't help it. It's open now. So the next character in this movie is the character Kino. Woo! Who is kind of a big deal uh, for a lot of reasons. Yeah. So he's the pizza delivery boy and sort of becomes their de facto sidekick slash Partner, martial arts partner, buddy who, in the movie who breaks into April's house and Let's like not forget about that and saves the day a couple of times. He's played by Ernie Reyes Jr. and uh, he was also Donatello's fight double in the in the first movie, and he was cast as his own character because the producers admired him and his performance in the first movie. So they put him in this just because of that. He was Ty from The Last Dragon back I in 1985. L- I love him from that movie. I knew you were going to love him from that so movie. My, <laughs> that's a movie that my dad and I used to watch, and he found for me on DVD because for a while it was impossible to find that damn movie. If you haven't seen it, by the way, it's worth it. Wait, 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 wait. Cole. You've never seen this movie. I've never even heard of the last. Okay, Dragon. I've heard of Double Dragon, but never the Last Dragon. Oh God! From like, 1985. I can't even like uh, me explaining it will not do it justice. But it, basically, there's a character called Bruce Leroy, <laughs> and um, and he, you know, he it, it's like this deep spiritual like 80s Eastern Asian like sort of nostalgia film, and uh, he's like fighting for his uh, he's like 
fighting for was it the Bronx or Brooklyn? Uh, oh, Harlem. God. Harlem. Harlem. Excuse I'm me. being shown pictures right now because okay. because uh, because it was uh, Shownuff, the Shogun of Harlem. Shownuff is probably one of the best bad guys of the I 80s. Don't, I don't know if that's racist or hilarious. oh god, it's so it's it's you know so it racially it's, insensitive. It's actually it's it's in the in the sub genre of black exploitation. And but it's technically the... it's one of the only films that actually covers both bases of black exploitation and Asian exploitation. So I'm, cool. That's true. No, it's yeah. a, it's a great movie, and it was produced by Barry Gordy, who's the founder of Motown. So there's great music throughout it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Is and it one of those? Oh, I'm sorry. Was, is it one of those movies where I'll appreciate, like, I'll like it as an adult, or is it one oh, of those yes. where you oh, had to like yeah. as a kid? It's oh. incredible. No, it's definitely you I mean, like as an adult. Okay, cool. Yeah. Make sure that it wouldn't hurt you to be properly altered when you watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I love those movies. At least yeah, every time you bit. ask what, you have to drink. Yeah. Yeah. No, like. So there's a scene in it where he, where Bruce Leroy is uh, sitting in a movie theater, and he's eating popcorn, watching a Bruce Lee movie, and he's eating the popcorn with chopsticks, and he's wearing he's wearing a rice hat, you know, a big triangle hat. Oh, in the yeah. theater. Yeah. 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 That's just annoying in general. Yeah. Forget the whole racial slur <laughs> right, right now. And that's he's when, that guy. And that's when Shonuff comes in with his gang and kicks the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. In the middle of a movie theater. Yeah. Yep. Dude. That's I can't even explain to you how much I love. That. I I understand the racial undertones of it, uh-huh. but you know there's a there's a there's a meta appreciation of like black black exploitation and Asian exploitation films, but this one combines it and in I a way even... that is sort of uncanny. Oh, and, God. and what's funny? What's funny is it's like it's super. It's super cognizant of it because the character of Ty from this movie is hilarious because so Bruce Leroy, he he owns and operates a, a karate studio and he has all these students with him. And Ty is one of them. And Ty is not very good at karate. But he, Which is ironic because in real life, Ernie Reyes Jr. is fantastic. He's a fantastic martial artist. I think he's like a third degree black belt in Taekwondo. Something like that. But he yeah. he he as his as his character, he's terrible. And he pretends that he's good at it, and he'll. And his excuse is, "I'm Asian. They'll think that I know karate." And so he he runs up to guys, and he's like, "Wow!" And then they run away, and he's like, "See, I told you." I mean, yeah. he's not wrong. No, if, no, if, he's he's. It's I would great. definitely assume that, but it's mostly because it's stereotypes. Yeah, it's no, exactly racism. So as a oh, side, God. like as a side, like kind of update, because he was in things like Red Sonia and Surf Ninjas and Rush oh, Hour his character two. in Red Sonia was great too. Yes, he was annoying little prince. Yes. <laughs> oh, so as, as a sort of upgrade on his life, uh, he's actually in kidney failure, and he's on a transplant list. And he does dialysis, but he's got bringing like an amazing. I, I know I'm, I'm bringing it down, but he's got yeah. like a great attitude. I watched a great video. Uh, I put a, a link into our notes here on an actual interview with him, like at a farmer's market, I think here in Southern California. And and he's got the most amazing like outlook on life, and he looks fantastic. By I the was way. not ready for this this um, freeway change, guys. Like, yeah, <laughs> no, no. We're talking no. about him being kicked quick kicked exit by. into Darktown. <laughs> Apparently, so. well, I mean, these movies were nearly forty years ago. No. Uh, yeah. Still, but we're in Funtown. Like, yeah. we were actually in Funtown. Then you took me out again, like, so fast. Well, yeah. He's in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I, that's true. He For, wasn't like, in one ep- episode. Yeah, he wasn't an episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm-hmm. JPG, you had, do you, 
if I remember correctly, you had a special connection with this guy, right? Okay, so, well, first off, I, I did have to, I, I might have to make a correction on this one. I could have sworn it was Johnny Yu that pretended that he, that he, like, he used, like, his Asian-ness. Ty was still, like, a little kid. He was actually oh, one of the fighters. Oh, yeah, you're right, yeah. you're right. So, I was like, wait a minute, no, 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 there's a difference between Johnny and Ty in this one because there, there's an age difference yeah. as Corrections well. and retractions. <laughs> I know, I just actually, somebody on their own show, and I'm um, really sorry No, 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 that. no, we do it to each other all the time. It's okay. Yeah, usually I edit it out, but I'll leave this one in because oh. I want to be humble. <laughs> so Ernie Reyes Jr. is Bring actually... Bring your greatness down. Yeah. <laughs> Ernie Reyes Jr. is one of my favorite actors. So much so, I'm, I actually uh, applied to his like kidney donor list. Oh, you uh, like, oh, like wow. years ago. Yeah, so like to like find a match and all that oh, stuff because awesome. I give blood all the time and all that. Um, so you were yeah. aware of this then? Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know anything about it. I was like, man, now that I know, I want people to know. Yeah. So if you want to go out and like look that up, there's a link in our description for his GoFundMe, and there's other stuff too. So you can, if you want to help him out, you can, but you don't have to, but it's up to you. So also, you know, being Filipino, you have to, you know every Filipino actor. Because there's like right? four. Yeah, there's like four total. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, and you're probably related to half of them. I'm like, yeah, like two of them, solidly. <laughs> you do have a lot yeah. of cousins. <laughs> so, so And they're seeing... all musicians of some sort. <laughs> Singers or dancers, right? Right. <laughs> but uh, with with seeing Kino on screen, and and I remember not seeing the trailers for the film, but I remember like, oh, the Ninja Turtles, we're just going to go see it, right? And I remember seeing him there for the first time, and it just straight up blown my mind. Oh yeah. And and I at the time I'd already seen Bruce Lee films, Jackie Chan films, even some Jet Li films at this point. And uh and you know seeing Asian representation on screen was incredible to Especially me. Especially as a little boy who like doesn't get to see that that much on yes. TV. Oh yeah. Yeah, I yes. can imagine. So then um you but but I always made sure to point out like oh well like I'm only seeing Asian people because there's only Asian people in these films, right? Right. Yeah, we talked about that too. In fact, I have uh, later we can kind of get into that. If you yeah, want. yeah. But yeah. then I see Kino, who's obviously Filipino, uh, incredible at martial arts, wants to help out, and kind of a hothead, you know, which is like every like I loved everything about that except the whole hothead part because I was a rule follower as a kid and I still am. See, I liked that part of him. I actually identify because it was more like wish fulfillment for me. Ah. I was a big nerd who was picked on a lot, and yeah. I was like, you know, he's a smart mouth and he's he's awesome, and I thought he like I identified as like almost him as wish fulfillment when he gets on the the pizza delivery we were motorcycle about this and and he says, hey girls, I got room on the bike for you. You want to go ahead and grab a ride? And they go, ew, gross, no, dweeb. And he goes, that's okay. The bike couldn't hold much more weight anyways. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, you can't make that joke now. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no I'm sorry. I, oh, God, I'm going to, I'm actually you here. Just because I watch it today. It's not that. It's um in your dreams, dweeb. And he goes, in my dreams, you'll be a lot thinner. Oh, oh that's thank even you. better. That's yeah. even better and even worse at the same time. I like, know. contextually, that's as, terrible. As a kid, I knew he said something funny. I never knew what, but when I was rewatching it again yeah. today, just like for like the twentieth billion time, it's just time, like it's so quick and so snappy. It, is. it makes you yeah. think that it's like an ad lib rather than yeah. something that was in the script. I wonder if it was. It could have been. That happens sometimes where like movies will have ad lib and they just keep he, it in. He did have an ad lib in the beginning uh, when oh, in the beginning when he when he stops the uh, the mall. I'm assuming it's a mall robbery, something he, like that. Yeah. When, when he stops the mall ro- robbery and he beats up those three guys. When he brings the guy to the ground and then he like reach, like he's lying on the ground. He he raises his leg up and he kicks him in the chest and he says, "Stay, stay down. down." That's a that's an ad lib. He's like, "Oh, stay down." I think what I like about him 
a little bit too is you find with Asians it's supposed to be they're they're the ones that follow the rules and they're the ones that you know are super nerdy and right. even when they do karate you respect it and there's there's all these things that they follow and he was so it's like the opposite stoicism. of that. Yes. Asian stoicism is a big thing. Well, I mean, you have that, like, that long string of, like, pseudo-Eastern mysticism in the 80s. I mean, um, Roadhouse is an incredible example of this. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) uh, So, you can't see it, JPG, because he's facing the other way, but Sean just, like, physically cringed. Okay, I I will defend Roadhouse. (laughs) I like Roadhouse, but but looking at Roadhouse objectively, it is a hot garbage fire of a film. It it is pretty terrible. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. It's bad. Yeah, it's there. There, you're right. There was sort of a string of that, and then it sort of started to come out a little bit, and you got a little better representation. He's a good example of that. But I would argue that there's some backsliding in this movie too, in a way. Um, with another character. With another character. So I, I wanna, you know what? Oh Wait, before we get to that character, I want to talk about Shredder. Okay, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. So Shredder, Oroku Saki, uh, Shredder. Uh, he is the main antagonist. He's the big bad. Uh, he somehow survived the battle at the end of the he's first plays, movie. He's he's portrayed by two people, and I love the first guy because I love the guy that portrays him like in his normal form uh-huh. because I love the Expanse yeah. and seeing him and he's see- Jules Pierre Mao yeah. in the Expanse. His doctor, uh, his name is Doctor Pierre Chang, uh, in uh, Lost. Also, his name is Fran- uh, Francois Chow, mm-hmm. and. Just seeing him, it's so crazy. And I know this is like a this is like a stereotype, sort of like black don't crack and Asian, whatever. Yeah, Asian don't yellow don't mellow. Yellow yeah. don't mellow. There we go. <laughs> but he looks exactly the same thirty years later. It's How so do you crazy. know he has a whole helmet on? You can see his. You can see his. Oh, his eyes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> There's yeah, a lot of superheroes like his, that can survive yeah, with yeah. not seeing yeah. anything. Yeah. Like, He's like, yeah, he's like a reverse superhero. Like, <laughs> now, <laughs> now, I say he's played by two people because the other person that portrays him is Kevin Nash. And that Six blows foot my 10, mind. 311 pound Kevin Nash, who apparently this movie started his career. Really? Yeah. Just so, another reason why to love this movie. I know. Before he jumped way down into the pro wrestling uh, thing. Alex has a, um, she has a little bit of something against Kevin Nash, though. Oh, really? What's that? Kevin Nash is the gigantic dude in Magic Mike. Yeah, that didn't even make my notes. I had no he idea. He should not have been in Magic Mike because <laughs> he can't dance. But in my defense, I'm in love with Matt Bomer, and he also should not have been in Magic Mike because he can't dance. Can we yeah, just... but see, that movie is supposed to be just eye candy for you, and, right? But and if, for those if I'm gonna have hot film, eye candy so. that's supposed to be a stripper, they better damn well be able to dance. Well, know? my wife said she didn't care if they danced or not. You know what I loved about that movie? <laughs> the way that they enticed men to watch it. With their wives, girlfriends, or whoever, or just to go watch it. It's the topless Olivia. The Munn. topless Olivia Munn scene in the first one. Yep. In, in the first like ten minutes of the movie, that was like what wives are like. Hey, yeah, do you want to watch this movie? Like, no. And my wife's like, Olivia Munn's topless. So it's like, oh, yeah, I guess it's fine. Yeah, I, I've never seen it. You didn't miss it's anything. Not good. Yeah, you didn't miss anything. Much. Yeah, it's no, I was like, truly bam- terrible. I feel bamboozled. Is what it was. <laughs> I was bamboozled. Molly whopped. Um, yes. Going back to Francois Chow, I do have to mention this one also. Just his his one of his uh his latest roles is actually Walter in uh I was in just looking tick. at that. Yeah. Have you guys seen the tick yet? Not no, the new one. No. It's like on my giant long list of stuff that so, I have to watch. So don't worry, they're only twelve episodes, they're thirty minutes each, um, on Amazon Prime right now. Um yeah. he shows up as Arthur's stepfather. Oh. And uh and that like, sounds great. At first I'm like, there's there's just like this like this like kind of built, wiry, like older Asian actor, and I'm like, 
are we going to use him to fight someone? <laughs> and like, no, and he has like the weirdest, most loving role in this, <laughs> in this series. And I highly recommend watching it. I really want him just to like, look at Arthur and yell, baby, <laughs> <laughs> the baby, the babies. <laughs> okay. So I do have a weird question though. When you go through his IMDb, some of them are like the name of the character, and then some of them are the name of the character, and then in parentheses, it's as, and it's his name. And I've never seen that. Uh, so that's actually because uh, sometimes actors will go by different names or different spellings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the reason is is that Francois actually has um, has a specific uh, French character it in, has in a... the name. Whatever it is. Yeah, it's un- yeah, it's under uh, the C. So sometimes it doesn't have the character on it, and sometimes it does. That's yeah. so. so dumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll you'll see it as uh, like when people go by uh, go by like initials or nicknames or yeah. something like that. Like as JPG. Mm-hmm. That that has a that has a purely racial reason. For it. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. So speaking so I, of racial, I nice. wanted to bring this one up because we brought him up when we covered Turtles last year, and I did not do do justice. And I did not do my homework, and that is Toshishiro Obata, who plays Tatsu Shredder's sidekick. And uh, I did not yeah. realize, <laughs> yeah, master. So that's all he does. He just grunts. He's like the stereotypical like Japanese like whatever. Mm. And bushido. <laughs> he is a world class bushido master. Wait, what? Yes. The guy who gets like smushed by four turtle shells at once and he, falls down. He is the founding practitioner of Shinkendo Bushido. He is seven-time Japanese national cutting champion. I, will... I put two videos in here, one of him at his school. Another one of him, he was uh, featured on an episode of Fight Science back in the mid-2000s. Yeah. He's a world-class swordsman. I like will... legit world-class swordsman, and he is relegated wow. to grunting and saying nothing on the side. And so we he have... makes a fist. He never holds a sword. Right. So we have Whoa. we have we have Kino who bucks the trend and is not the stereotypical character and, and very we, progressive and very very uh, sort of like progressive uh, non typecasting and then Tatsu who's the most pro- like ridiculous typecasting he, that you could possibly he set get. us back a few hundred years like, but Alex Alex will get this reference though um, he's the Adina Menzel of uh, yes of okay. Enchanted uh, there you go. Dezim. A television. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Alex, can you explain okay, that a little bit? Okay, so Indina Menzel is in Enchanted, and she's kind of not the bad guy, but in a sense the bad guy because she has she's the, the antagonist, right. right? She has the guy, and so I'm watching the whole movie, and I'm like, okay, well, I get that she's not singing because she's, you know, you're not supposed to like her, and then at the very end, she becomes a cartoon, and I'm like, spoilers, she becomes a t- cartoon, and I'm like, yes, this is the moment she's gonna sing, and the movie ends. <laughs> what the hell was the point of having this Tony Award winner and then not having her sing in a fucking I musical? You, I will tell you that it's probably because to get her to sing would cost them a lot more, and they probably uh, couldn't have afforded it. And she may be trying to, you know, get past the singing and be like a yeah. pure actress. No, oh, okay. well, it's like, <laughs> this, this was we before. Are track. Yeah, that was before Frozen. And it's kind of like with Bernadette Peters on Animaniacs and how her character got phased out slowly over time because they couldn't afford her singing voice, even the whole though the whole shtick was her singing. Yeah. I never realized that was her. Yeah, that was her. Yeah, the cat. So. I mean, I've never truly forgiven her for Into the Woods, but she still has a beautiful voice. Into she the does. Woods is not that bad. It really is. Well, it's not great, but <laughs> it could definitely be worse. 
Now that we're done with Tatsu, let's get into the meat of this movie. So, uh, really quickly, we have Raphael, Michelangelo, Leonardo, and Donatello. The thing is, is some of these characters have done a lot of stuff and some haven't. I'm going to do a quick rundown so we can blast through these because they're sort of the less popular ones who are in this film. Yeah. So, Raphael is voiced by Lori Faso, who was in Darkwing Duck, G.I. Joe the movie, Sectars the Snorks. Who does and- a... Who does a really just terrible New York? Hey, what's going on here yes. with this? <laughs> yes. The next is Michelangelo, who's done by Robbie Rist, who is cousin Oliver from the Brady Bunch. Boo. Yes. <laughs> His character is so bad that television trends, uh, tropes, tropes uh, started to be called Cousin Oliver Syndrome when they would add in a character to try and save a show and the character was annoying and terrible. Uh, uh, Scrappy Cole, Doo? give you a... Yeah, Scrappy Doo. That's Boo. a good one. Um, Lily from uh, Step by Step. No? Never, never seen Step okay, by Step. Uh, seven. Seven from uh, Married with from Children. Married with Children. No. Um, yeah. There's see. a bunch. There's a bunch. Basically, anytime a show was on its way out and they decided to introduce a new character at the last <laughs> minute and you're like, this character makes no sense, but there it is. So, yeah, that was that's a good example. Uh, he's done some other stuff. He actually voiced an alien in James Rolfe's independent angry video game nerd, The Movie. So if you've seen that, you, you'll and, know. And he was one of the two turtle voices that were in the first movie. Yes, correct. Now, Leonardo in this is done by Brian Tochi, who is best known as Toshiro Takashi from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> uh, the most, uh, not the most, but one of the most, like, racially insensitive depictions of an Asian character in a film. It's like second to like Long Duck Dong in the 80s. I I would say it's actually third after Long Duck Dong who is also after uh, Mickey Rooney and and Breakfast at Wait, that was in the 80s though, right? No, no, no. no, no. Okay. No, I'm saying of all time. Oh, of all time. Oh, then I guess I have to include John Wayne doing Genghis Khan's with the tapes. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. Charlie Chan, (laughs) the guy who ever played Charlie Chan at the time. That's another bad one. Yeah, so uh, Brian Tochi's done some other stuff. Next is Donatello, who was done by Adam Carl. Apparently, he was supposedly a Monster Squad, but I looked through that, and I couldn't find any link to that. This is one of those things where I'm like, the internet is wrong, so the internet is wrong. He was in Defenders of the Earth, the animated show. He was also in Peter Pan and the Pirates, and the TV show Life Goes On. Splinter was Kevin Clash, who we've mentioned before is one of the former uh, puppets for Elmo. He was the one who had all the controversy that where he was supposedly having an affair with a, a young boy. But it wasn't a young boy. It was actually a guy of age, and they were having a consensual relationship, but that guy tanked his career anyways. Anyways, Kevin Clash has done a bunch of stuff. And um, Kevin, we talked about this the last time. Kevin Clash does a super stereotypical Asian accent. Totals. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty bad. Backflips. <laughs> yes. Well, I will say, growing up as a child, it didn't. I didn't even know. <laughs> as opposed to growing up as an adult. Yeah. <laughs> well, as an adult, growing you up go. As a, growing that up is as an incredibly racist. But gro- as a kid, you're like, it's Master Splinter's voice. Growing up as a dog in the '80s, I thought this was <laughs> no. I mean, I, strange. Cole, I do get that. Uh, I, I just think it. It, it doesn't lend to uh i don't know how to defend it basically I right feel, i feel like movie producers and casting directors and all kinds of all those people involved in the industry in like the 60s 70s and 80s maybe even into the 90s they had little respect for the intelligence of the of the audience oh yeah they're like splinter's a rat he's looks like a rat he walks and talks like a rat or he looks like and whatever 
but he's Asian. He's an Asian rat. So we need to make sure that the audience knows he's an Asian rat. So let's make him talk like this. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you that's even, how Asians are talk. You could even extend this to like the two to like the early two thousands as well. I mean, in the nineties, you a had a little Bever- bit of bleed through. Yeah, yeah. yeah in the nineties, you have Beverly Hills Ninja, and then in the two thousands, hey, you have. I love that movie. <laughs> it's terrible. Uh, the Great White Ninja. Yeah. <laughs> you keep working. Someday you'll choke that chicken. You mean, <laughs> you mean proto? Uh, Did I just quote Beverly Hills Ninja from my mind? Yup. <laughs> Beverly Hills Ninja. You mean proto uh, Kung Fu Panda? He's not wrong. It's basically that. And the best part is you have um, Mortal Kombat's um, guy. Uh, You have Robin Show. As the the protector. No, I'm sorry. It's either Robin Show or Robin Lau. I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like he just comes in and he's just constantly saving Chris Farley. And I love that because I saw him in the Mortal Kombat movie first. So when I'm watching this as like way older on a rerun because my parents never would take me to see that movie. I, I'm I'm just losing my mind going, and he could have finished him, but you know he's saving him right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, even in the early 2000s, though, we also get a uh, uh, oh oh god, uh, Balls of Fury. <gasps> I actually love that movie. I do too. <laughs> I love Balls of Fury. Yeah. I, I, I get it. It's yeah. so bad. It's good. Yeah. yeah. So I just want to quickly mention Frank Welker is in this because of course Frank Welker's in this because he's in everything. He's Tokan Razar. Of course he would be because if it's if it's an animal, it's going to be Frank Welker. If you guys, I don't know if you guys know this, but Frank Welker is one of the most prolific voice actors of all time. Like a thousand credits like, on different IMDb. Credits. He's the original voice of Fred from Scooby-Doo. And the and, current voice of Fred from Scooby-Doo. And the current one. And he's done just an insane amount of voice credits. I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. So it's sort of the running joke that if you don't know who it is, it's probably Frank Welker. And if, if, if it's, it's not, an, if then it's, it's an animal then in it a cartoon matter. and you don't know who it is, there's about a 98% chance that it's Frank Welker. Yeah. Cole, yeah. who does the, oh my gosh, if you guys can help me out on this, it's the person who does the voice on Clone Wars for all of the clones. Oh, Oh, I gotta look this up because he's that type of voice actor, also. Well, there's a ton of them. I mean, it's not like it, it, there's a small, there's a sort of small realm, yeah. of like voice actors that are as prolific. Yeah, as and Andrea him. Romano just just taps them whenever she needs them. Yeah. And- <laughs> Well, she so used to. <laughs> we have a whole list. I put the puppeteers in here and the assistants for the facials and the suits, and we don't need to do that. I don't know. Do it you guys is, want to talk worth... about the movie, or do you want to talk about well, merchandise? It is worth mentioning that the uh, the puppetry and the suits and everything were made by Jim Henson's uh, Creature Studio. Yes. So, and this movie uh, mentioned him as a as a in memory of. Yes. Right? That was actually your notes. That was an interesting fact that I did not know. Oh, you didn't know that? I, I saw it yeah. when it was when we just rewatched it now. Uh-huh. However, long ago I ever watched it in the past, I had no connection of that. But yeah. now well, when I rewatched it, I did see well, that. Well, for me, it's more of the as long as I've been watching Jim Henson movies, there's always been in in memory of Jim Henson. Because so he died well, right before you. this movie, and so that this was like the first in memory of Jim Henson. Yeah, yeah. it's just, it's one of those things. I just I just never I thought they always did that because, like I said, I was what we were what five. When well, if you look at the we're puppeteers four. in yeah, this, you're... you'll notice a lot of them. Even the voice of Splinter, a lot of them are connected to the Muppets in some yeah. way. Mm-hmm. That's why I that's why I'm I put my foot down, and you can see in the notes I just put them, and I didn't go too far because. 
I've done it before, and all of these people have done so much stuff like Sesame Street, Dark Crystal, and all this stuff. It's a very like, small group. That we, yeah. I don't want to just spend two hours going on the puppeteers. We could, but uh, well, this is not that kind of show. Instead of doing that, let's talk. Let's do a brief overview of what this movie is about. So this movie picks up almost, I would say, almost immediately after. The, uh, I'd say within six months. What's crazy, though, is six months? What's Shredder doing in the trash for six months? That's I th- what I didn't get. I don't think he was in the trash the whole time. Well, they needed so tr- to work so on that. So in the prior... <laughs> like, last time on Ninja Turtles, Shredder got dumped into a trash compactor and he died. Yeah. Well, so we thought. And nobody... And then he yeah, didn't nobody, die. Nobody had a problem with that. Shredder just getting his head crushed in a freaking dump truck. Well, yeah, I think Casey was... Jones was real cavalier about that at the end of the film. <laughs> they were all cavalier about it. Yeah. Well, we just killed a guy. <laughs> Whoops. I kind of thought, That's okay. okay. So... He's just a hobo. We could stab him. No problem. <laughs> they dump bags out of the, the thing. That's the first shot we see of like the trash fill, whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought, okay, but when they've seen the body, like nobody no. even saw a this body. Is New- this is New York in 1990. I'm guessing there were a lot of bodies in that dump. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, that yeah. is a fair yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I just love that he was, he, um, Shredder, now bear in mind, I'm also making assumptions here, but Shredder became so attached to that junkyard that he never left. No, and he made a base in a junkyard. His helmet's made of trash! Right! <laughs> Everything's made of trash. His house is made of trash. Their weapons are made of trash. His Their fighting, torture object's made of trash. His fighting style is made of trash. Oh. Oh. It's not wrong. It's is not. it Stockholm Syndrome? Kip- Kevin Nash's fighting style. Over to, oh, yeah. Make that. Well, because that's true. Shredder doesn't use any uh, any abilities in this. Yeah. I just love that when you when Shredder drinks the ooze, not only does he get bigger, but his costume also becomes affected. I didn't know the ooze had uh, yeah, it's like the the armor in his changing. pants. Like, I was the just going to shirt is affected, but his pants don't. Like, the Hulk should have, like, the worst, like, wedgie and hemorrhoids ever. <laughs> like... But Shredder is somehow also unaffected. His clothes have magical expanding properties. It's like it's like uh, the the costume was made by the same people that made the costume for uh, the Incredibles. What, oh, what yeah. you're forgetting, <laughs> Edna Mode. What That's you, right. What you're overlooking is the fact that Shredder's costume is literally part of his skin. That's why it was affected. <laughs> yeah, because it was yes. pressed into him in yeah. the first film. Purple glitter skin, right? See, I was going to say maybe it was oozing out of his pores. Oh. Uh, bah, bah. <laughs> but no, what, what's what's crazy too is that he drinks that he drinks that ooze and it, like it takes Toka and Razor like Days, days to turn from from uh, a snapping turtle and a wolf into what they turn into. But it takes Shredder. Seconds. 30, 30 seconds? I think it, it had to do with, like, uh, exposure in, like, the parts per million. So, like, they probably injected Token Razor with, like, a little syringe. And then he's like, fuck it, I'm going to drink the whole thing. No, Hold no. it. Rawr! And he just, like, shotgunned a whole thing of ooze underneath a pier. And so he goes from, like, not the Shredder first, to... Not the first to do that. Uh, probably not. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot it was of the 1990s ch- of New York City. There's yeah. probably a lot of ooze getting chugged under the... Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of green stuff in vials getting into people's bodies somehow. I'm sure. Some way. Coming so, out of people's so bodies So I think the, the brief way. overview of the story is Shredder shows up. The turtles are living with April. They keep ordering pizza. Kino's the pizza guy who delivers the pizza. He sees the turtles, 
follows them to April. He says, hey, these bad guys, blah, blah, blah. Teams they up with Raph. To teams get, up with Raph to, to take down Shredder. Into the, yeah. They end up finding Shredder, and then the turtles come to save him. They get caught, and then they somehow end up in a dance battle with Tokar, Razor, and Vanilla Ice. And then they, they let Shredder go uh, derpy strong underneath the, the, the pier. The pier collapses on him, and that's the end. That's I, that's the brief overview, right? For now. For now. Until they travel in time. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, when you say it all out loud like that, it sounds terrible. And I, it is. This but, mo- it's, but it's great. <laughs> this movie is incredible, okay? This movie is object. This movie is... Uh, 67% of the world is wrong about this film. See, I'm this, sorry. This is a movie that I put on and I'm just happy the entire time. And I was not expecting to be as happy because this time, and I usually watch it at parties or when a bunch of people are around, but this time I watched it alone to really critique it to get ready for this. So nobody could see you cry? Well, so no one could see me cry, exactly. <laughs> I, I could just cry openly with no shame. But I still love, like I'm in the theater, like I'm not theater, I'm in my room just going, <laughs> So awesome. <laughs> You're in the theater of your mind. The so, theater yeah, of my dance mind. Dance battle. <laughs> yeah. I liked this movie when I was younger. I really did. But rewatching it, I was just like, oh, let's talk about how they never used a freaking weapon. They well, weren't allowed. They weren't allowed to. Uh-huh. They weren't allowed to. You know, April uses it. I know April uses nunchucks more than Michelangelo because does. Because she's checking. Yeah. Michelangelo <laughs> uses two salamis. Yeah, he does. And on top of that, that still had to get cut in the UK. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. So, so uh, um, fun fact. Uh, apparently, the UK has this like terrible thing against ninjas. Yeah. 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 So, like, they had to be called the hero turtles. Oh my gosh! The first time. So, I have family from Ireland, and I've sp- I spent some time over there when I was younger. And I remember the first time that I saw Ninja Turtles in Ireland, and they were doing the theme song, and it was a really like. It, it seemed like a really awkward cut in the theme music. We're like, Teenage Mutant, Hero Turtles, Teenage Mutant, Hero Turtles. I'm like, what the hell was that? I want the hero word to just have an accent for no reason. Like hero? It's still, yeah, like, it's like, still Irish or British from whoever recorded it. I don't know it. why, but if you take the, the theme song from Ooze and you place it with Hero, this sounds re- really racist. Go, Hero, go, Hero, go. <laughs> Cause, like it's it's gonna come out a little bit like it's a little that. Weird. H i r o. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like, I get it. They it was hyper violent, somehow. But it made it look. It made like parts of the movie look ridiculous. Ridiculous. Like the part where they get caught up in a net, and there's Leonardo sitting in the net with his two swords in their scabbards <laughs> on his back, and they're swinging their feet around like idiots going, how do we get out of here? Oh, no, don't drop us on all those spikes. Oh, my God. If only we had something to cut us out of here. Yeah. If only. I mean, in their defense, teenage boys are dumb. This is true. <laughs> you know what? Actually, like, that's accurate. Thinking about the cartoon and oh, thinking a big idiot. Thinking about the cartoon <laughs> and thinking about the first movie, to me, the turtles didn't seem like teenagers. In this movie, they absolutely seemed like teenagers because yeah. they were they were they acted stupid. The first one, they were they were more like like early mid twenties stone surfer guys from the beach. Yeah, <laughs> this one they they acted like they were kids. They, they like, acted like they were 13, 15, 14, 15 yeah. years old. Because well, I think in the I think in the the mythos of the show, I think Raphael is supposed to be fifteen. Leonardo's supposed to be like fourteen. I think Donatello's supposed to be fourteen as well. And then Michelangelo is supposed to be like thirteen. 
So they're they're younger on the teenage le- side, and right. they absolutely acted like it in this movie, which, which for, for I, good and bad, kinda, I guess makes makes it feel less bad. Yeah, like you forget that when you're watching it because they're so big. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But this movie, I was like, yeah, teenage boys—they do dumb shit all the time. Like when my brother could walk into a room and be like, "No, I can't find it," and then I walk in and it's sitting on the top of a pile. Like, oh, that never goes away. I'm 35. That still happens. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 I'll ask my wife, "Where's this thing? It's out in the garage." Uh, no, it's not. I just checked. <sighs> Yep. And she goes out there, it's there in like two seconds. Instantly. My favorite line from my mom is, if I walk in there and find it, <laughs> you are in so much trouble. Oh my God, I get that all the time. <laughs> you know what that reminds me of is the comedian Joe Coy. I don't know if you've seen him yeah. before. Another Filipino. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, Coy, Joe Coy's thing where he's like, he asks his mom, where's my keys? And she goes, did you just ask me where, my, where your keys are? <laughs> Go ahead. Ask me, where are my keys, Joseph? And he's like, okay, mom, where are your keys? It's like, where I put them, where are yours? <laughs> My, did you ever, when your mom said that, go, like, convinced, like, there's no way you're going to find it, go in there, then you find it first, and then you hide it because you're afraid of getting in trouble? You put it in your pocket? Like, yeah. yeah. mom, where is it? Yeah. <laughs> go what ahead, up, find mom? it. And then she looks into your pocket, and she's like, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I would have let my mom look at it for, like, ten minutes, so she got mad and left. And then I'll be like, I found it in the bathroom. How did it get in there? <laughs> yeah. Why was it in the top tank of the toilet? Well, you know, our sort of disagreement about the quality of this film seems to be mirrored by Rotten Tomatoes because the audience score is a 67, so it's uh, passable. But the average uh, critic rating is only a 32%. So critics did not like this movie, but audiences seem to really enjoy it. So uh, this is where it comes in where... I'm sure if if this if this movie was made at the time, the director would have been like, "Well, I didn't make it for the critics; I made it for the fans." That's Ooh. true. <laughs> too. That's true. I hate that. I I absolutely hate that saying. By the way, uh, but, we we hear this all the time with the yeah, DCEU. Yeah. I know. Okay, so and and that's the thing. Like that implies that critics aren't fans. Well, it also implies that critics don't have some sort of specialty to critique film. Right. Because, like, they go to film, a lot of these guys, like, they're journalists and they go to film school and they spend a lot of time to understand the nuts and bolts of how a movie gets made. It also implies that if a critic doesn't like it, uh, then the fans will like it or vice versa. Well, what about when they both like it or they both hate it? So now who's wrong? Now who's right? What's important to note, I think, about the difference between the critic score and the audience score is the audience score comes from Rotten Tomatoes, which is a modern thing, which in the last couple years is where all those where all those critical scores came from. So you've got a bunch of people uh, going not, back with nostalgia goggles that, yeah, that, are, that are reviewing a movie that they probably don't remember seeing when it came out. And they're watching it again, remembering how great they felt. With their with watching this movie, but the when movie they were also did pretty well in the theater, and then its home box office di- uh, with VHS sold pretty well too. Yeah, well, I which mean, it, I mean, you're not going to buy the VHS, especially back then when the VHSs were expensive. If you didn't like the movie in the theater in the first place, I'm or not, if you have kids and you know they're going to love it, so you just buy it for them. Yeah, I'm not trying to shit all over the movie. I'm just saying that the the the, the audience score from this movie, I think, is heavily tinged with uh, nostalgia goggles with rose-colored glasses because the critic score comes from the from like the 90s when it came out mm-hmm. you know it, they all come from 1990 they're all 
newspaper and magazine and like Ebert and Siskel and Ebert scores. And then all the other ones probably came from between 2005 and 2018. Well, I get if you take this film and you break it down, you analyze it as a filmmaker, it is not amazing. Like, there's nothing that's no. shot wise, puppetry wise, it's not even great. I would say the TMNT one. Did way better with the well. There's a lot of groundbreaking stuff when it comes to the puppets in the first one. There's stuff that was like patents for the film. I mean, it was a pretty groundbreaking for the puppetry. Uh, They did actually get a bigger budget. We were talking about this in the car on the way over. They got a bigger budget for this, and the puppetry in the face was actually animatronic, which is a new thing. It was all cables and wires before. So some updates, some upgrades, but like not still great. Right. It, you know? it definitely was, it looked like they put all their money into uh, Vanilla Ice's paycheck. Well, and then Probably. also remember, you know, this was greenlit for a sequel and the sequel was made the next year. Yeah. They had 12-ish months, probably less than that, in order right. to film this entire film. So they pumped the whole thing out It was It was actually fast. slightly less than a year. I think it was, I think it was like, like, but they, that's not it came just, out the same like, month. I mean, that's everything. That's yeah. filming, production, editing. Most movies get filmed in a three to four month time span, right? Uh, for the longer production stuff. Mm-hmm. Other stuff might get shot in a lot less. But they still had to write the movie. They had to do all the pre-production right. stuff. They had to do the casting and all that. What The problem that I have with the movie really is when you look at the first movie, it had a fairly decent story at Mm -hmm. least it had a story that you could follow and enjoy it was more of a story of like a coming of age story uh you had all the issues with uh raphael and we talked about this when we talked about the movie where he was like raphael was dealing with like lots of serious like anger issues and depression and anxiety and then also the the side character danny and and the troubles of him and his dad and his dad being an only father and trying to get involved i mean there's a lot of like Really serious issues that get discussed that is sort of side mentioned. Yeah, and you plus ha- you got Sam Rockwell selling cigarettes. So yeah. there's that too. But you but- have you have these characters that you actually feel. So- well, at least some of the some of the main characters you feel something for. Like we talked about how Donatello and Michelangelo. The, and this were one, the sort only of one like- I cared about was was Kino. Yeah, the only character I'm like, yeah, this is cool. Like, oh, I care about this character. All the other characters were throwaway. The turtles were sadly. Om- the turtles were almost relegated into like background characters in this movie. Yeah. And wait, you- what? Yeah. In well, the, wait, in the first one, or the second one. Second. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You're like, movie, wait a second. Okay. They, they yeah, went, okay. Yeah. No, they, <laughs> that's what I'm saying is in the first movie, they were the focus of the film. They, right. were, they, were, they drove the story. And in the second film, they're just sort of window dressing. Well, to be fair, there was no... The second one was literally... There's monsters. Yeah. So I... I, and, I, I, I and that's it. it yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I can see your argument for that sense, but this is definitely... An action figure based film. Oh yeah, no, totally. Um, it's like even though people give credit to Batman Forever for starting that whole phenomenon, like this, this happened before was, that. Yeah. So I mean, at the end of the day, I guess you you enjoyed it, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. So you enjoyed it? Did you? Did you? I like did. It? I love that cheese ball comedy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I personally like. I know it's not great. Like, well, Sean knows. I'll. I will watch anything. He will. I will watch anything I if mean, somebody tells me to watch it. Sean I will, will usually. I will too. too. Yeah, Sean will I'll just, just about watching it. Yeah, he'll oh, complain. Okay, so you're like me in that sense. All right. Yeah, yeah I mean, we're what old curmudgeons, but <laughs> I like bad stuff and I like awkward humor. Well, one of and our... there is some awkward stuff with this, and I yeah. really like. I enjoyed it. My kid loved the movie. She loved this. I mean, she liked the other one. And well, it's so, the target audience. I was just going to say that's the point. She's the perfect target audience. She loves this movie. 
and and that was a point that I wanted to bring up too is that the other problem with this movie is you have an you have an initial I'm not shitting on this movie but here's all the problems with it <laughs> Get out your umbrella No so Sorry, I'll pull out the soapbox. Here you go. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead and no. take a step. No, we were talking about this. Usually, on... it's my soapbox. So we it's were ta- yours today. We were talking about this on the way over. The pro- one of the one of the bigger problems is you have an initial pr- an initial property, an initial IP that was a comic book that was more adult oriented. Arguably, it was at least aimed at older kids, old like teenagers to twenty years, like the comic book was. That gets turned into a cartoon for. Arguably, your seven to twelve-year-olds probably is the age range they were going for. Selling toys, bright colors, lots of flashy action, perfect for kids. Mm-hmm. Then they go and they make the first movie, which was more adult-oriented, and it there was, was complaints about it being too violent. Yeah, it was because they were comparing it to the cartoon that all the kids were used to, but it was more true to the original content that was more adult-oriented. So then they tried to. Continue on that sort of adult orientation, but they're like, no, 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 we need to make it more like the cartoon because that's where the bread and butter is. So they made this sort of amalgam of they tried to make a more serious story, but it didn't work and it's sort of goofy. So they tried to do two things and they ended up doing like neither of them well, I think. <laughs> right. Like they, so and and that's that's the problem. And I was I was talking about it in a way like like Eastman and Laird didn't want it to be associated with the kids with the with the cartoon. That's fine. They had a problem with it. Okay, that's great. But you can't separate it because you're you're too far gone. It it'd be like it, there was a there was a Mortal Kombat that came out, right? Right. As a video game, highly violent video game, just like the highly violent comic book. You're about to crap on JPG's favorite movie. Not favorite movie, <laughs> but no. It's th- just I will always defend Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles too. I'll always defend Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter. I'm not. I'm not crapping oh, on it. Oh, no. uh, you, lo- oh no. you lost me on Street Fighter. I will always defend it. He loses everyone on Street Fighter. <laughs> Why would you make a guy with a with a Belgian accent, <laughs> Guile, a colonel in the U.S. military? Uh, because I because I've seen the Quest and I've seen Kickboxer and I've oh. seen uh, God, what else? Kumute. Uh, Kumute. Kumute. Blood, oh, Bloodsport, Bloodsports. Blood yeah. But my point is, like in Mortal Kombat, you had a very violent video game, which was, and I don't know the timeline. I'm just making up my timeline to to prove a point. Okay, so you, you have a you have, <laughs> making you, up timelines. Let's do it. I a, called him on it in the car. And he goes, "I'm I just going to make up a timeline." Yeah, I, was I like, couldn't. Okay, I ahead. couldn't remember the timeline, but let's just go with it. We're Sony here. Got so, it. So <laughs> you <laughs> have so you have a very violent video game in Mortal Kombat, which is then turned into a cartoon, Mortal Kombat: Defenders of the Realm, which eh, not so violent, more action adventure. And then you have the movies that Mortal Kombat, pretty violent. At least the first one was. The first one. Neck first snapping one. and ball punching. Yeah. yeah. First one, pretty violent. That's what I liked about it when so, I was a kid. So imagine if, <laughs> imagine if people who watched the movie, and I'm, I'm, I, this is predicated on the fact that the cartoon came first, which I don't think it did. But, but like, even if it didn't, the, it wouldn't have mattered. It would have been a similar yeah, reaction. In, in my argument, it did. So imagine if people who watched imagine if people who watched the movie Mortal Kombat started complaining about how violent it was because the cartoon wasn't violent. Like how can you sell how can you sell this? This is a kid's show. It's violent. You need to not make it so violent. It's like it was based off of a game. I love your old lady voice. <laughs> 
No, the best part is the old lady wins because Mortal Kombat 2 Annihilation was ridiculous. Like I will still defend it. Annihilation? I know I'm the With worst. With the like the cart like literally Kevin Sorbo's Hercules have I the am same special effects. The worst person, I understand. <laughs> that. Oh my god. But you have so in this case, by the way, uh, you're wrong because the animated show came out after the movie. Yeah, I figured I was. A year later. But but it it'd be like It ruins his argument. It, it, so, I know. That's, that's, it'd be I was like throwing it, salt in the wound. It'd be, it'd be like if someone was complaining how violent the movie was based on how the cartoon was. Like that's essentially what they did with Ninja Turtles. They're like, oh, this is too violent. The, the, the Ninja Turtles can't, cartoon is not violent. Have, have you seen, and this came out, I want to say about five, ten years ago, um, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon that was on Nickelodeon. 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 Yeah, that was great. The, the crossover of yeah. the, um, the Yes, I saw the episode crossover. It was the old, uh, the original Turtles and then the new one on the same show. Uh, as well with um, the cartoons that I grew up with. Like You're, the kitty versions. That, that's what, that's what, yeah, the 1987 yeah. Teenage and, Mutant Ninja Turtles, and then the one from the early 2000s, and then the newest one, and all three were in a big old meta, like, holy shit. Yeah, and they even yeah. had black and white ones, too. From yeah, the from, comic from the comic books. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. they had them, I, that, that was done so well, because when they bring, go into the verse, you're like, what is happening? And you're seeing this banana, like, we're trapped, help! And the turtle's like, we'll save you, here's pizza! So, like, I think at the end of the, di- the day, I don't, I don't know. Well, what did you think? Obviously, you liked it, right? Okay, so... You know how I was making that joke about like defending these films? Right, right, right. I, I don't personally think I have to defend this film. I think objectively, as a children's movie, this is an incredible movie. Okay. Because, okay, and these are my arguments. I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I, yeah. I don't disagree so, either. So here's my 23-minute po- uh, PowerPoint oh my on, God. on why this movie is incredible. Do well, you have a laser pointer? <laughs> So, wait, did the screen just come down okay, from the so, ceiling? So, <laughs> so first off, like Asian representation. I'm always going to point to Kino. Kino is my favorite character. It's ridiculous that they didn't put him in there more is Ninja Turtles media. significant cultural uh, significance for the film in that regard. Yes. I, would, I would absolutely agree there. That because that makes it an important film. Uh, yes, no, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you on yeah, any yeah. particular points. Yeah. Uh, I would also say that um, I think and I think it struck a, a 90s uh, kids friendly tone as well. Yeah. Uh, that that was th- that's very, very telling of the time itself. You know, um, yeah, Ninja there, Turtles. There is some sort of bleed over, especially at the time when you had all of the sort of discussion and argument coming through about music or video games or TV or movies or whatever being too violent for kids and it's rotting their brain and it's making them terrible and all that was like, a, it was a big thing. I mean, you had D. Schneider from Twisted Sister sitting on, on Capitol Hill arguing with Al Gore's wife Tipper about his his music and it being violent or not and you had people defending cartoons and movies in front of Congress. Mothers Against Kiss. Yeah. I ah. mean, you had all of this kinds of stuff. I mean, it was a big thing. So oh you're right. In that regard, they it's like they tried to find that sort of middle ground. And the early 90s, for sure, has that sort of, it's a convergence. Yeah. Uh, but we would also say, I mean, like, I think it's also safe to say that, that this film kind of marks, like, the end of that G.I. Joe era-esque, uh, like, 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 non-violence. You know, because yeah. later, you know, in the next few years, uh, we we see these MPAA ratings and these these uh, these show ratings kind of lessen in that sense. And then, you know, a couple of years later, we get Power Rangers where, you know, they are kind of making full contact at this yeah. point. And, and so um, not if you go back and watch it later, there's it's the definitely worst. space. It but yes, so full bad. contact. Yeah, we, we, cu- we did a several episodes on 
Dude, uh, blame that Rangers. on Super Sentai. Yeah. Well, and Super yeah. Sentai came out in the 80s. Actually, it came out before that. It's Even early before. As the 60s. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, they, yeah, within the American market, though, for sure. I mean. Yeah. And so, I, I think it was, I think it was childlike. I think it was inventive. I think it's a, I think it's a great signifier of the early 90s. I don't know. I, I just, I love this film. I legitimately so, love this film. Like, I, I personally, I don't. I don't think it's the world's greatest movie by any stretch, but I think I think it's fun. Tell me how you really feel. It's a it's like one extreme yeah, like, it's no, greatest it's, movie it's ever. No, no, it's no, no Schindler's List right now. You guys. Well, because people will I've that heard, had violence because people will say like, "Oh, this is the greatest movie ever." I don't. Is it a fun movie? I, I think there's definitely a big difference between is it fun and is it of a specific caliber of quality you just acting just, or whatever at a specific level etc you just described the difference between the critic score and the audience score correct exactly that's nice. kind of what i wanted to get to <laughs> is so i think that's where the disconnect is is the critics are looking at this from like cinematography and editing and writing. like consistency in the writing and like okay why do these turtles have weapons and like ju- but they don't use them so the plot holes and so all of that stuff i get it it's glaringly obvious that there are big problems there. But at the same time, I agree with you because is it fun? Yes. Uh, is it family friendly? Sure. Uh, at the time, was it? A, were there a few jokes that the parents would have got that the kids wouldn't have? Obviously, with the scooter and the motorcycle is a good example. Yeah, which is a so, great indicator of, of if does this hit all markets, right. right? So, like, this definitely hits all markets. I think it... In many ways, it's like, okay, it's not a fantastic movie, but it's fun. It satisfies the, is this a fun movie to sit and watch at home with your family on a Friday? Yeah. Michelangelo does a uh, Casablanca line. and Will I throw this on like once a week while I'm doing laundry? No. Definitely not. I mean, what movie do you throw on once a week? uh, I could probably throw on like Lord of the Rings or Star Trek episodes or... Lord of the Rings? Jesus. How long do you do laundry? (laughs) Well, I'll throw it on, and then you work on something else, like while I'm working on the show notes or if I'm playing World of Warcraft, it plays in the background. Lord of the Rings, I will always get, like, yes. Always vote for that. Star Trek. I'm actually slowly working my way through Star Trek. Are you really? Which one? Next gen? That's a great question. The one with the bald guy or the one one with the black guy? No. The guy with the great hair. Oh, the original then. No, no, no. He's just talking about Scott Bakula. Oh, Enterprise. You are, you're wait, watching wait, wait, Enter- Enterprise? No, no, okay. no, 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 no. Retrospective, it's not that's, bad. It's that, not bad. That's not Enterprise. Scott Bakula was Enterprise. Oh, I'm thinking about Next Generation. Sorry, I got those mixed up yeah. in my head. Yeah. I So, a uh, side note. If you're, you're, talking, do, you're talking to two Star Trek. Yeah, Touche. If, if you're going to go Star Trek, my recommendation is um, because original series can be a hard watch if you're unfamiliar. So, I would suggest go Next Generation first do a flashback into the originals, then watch the movies. Then you can go into Star Trek Generations. Which is terrible. Which is terrible. It's but such it, a bad movie. But it's got Roddy McDowell, so it's fun. And then and then take that and then go into Deep Space Nine, which is my personal favorite, and then into Voyager. DS9 we might be... Okay, so in my defense, my father has been over at our house a lot because my parents are helping us dog sit. Okay. And he's obsessed with Star Trek. So it's whenever I'm in the room, I'm binge watching what he's binge watching. And I believe looking at our Netflix, we are now on Deep Space Nine. It's the best okay. one. Okay. It's the best one. Really? Yeah. I, my um, Someone I used to live with tortured me with Deep Space Nine. He would have it on constant and he would literally repeat. As soon as it ended, 
replay. And it I feel would go like through you it. wouldn't like Star Trek because it's not action, action, action. Well, it actually uh, teaches Deep something. Space I, Nine, Deep is, Space though. Nine eventually becomes a, like a war story. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm a big fan of the new Star Trek films, which I guess doesn't help my case because it's all no. action, action, action. Right. And I love next generation movies. Like um, the first contact is probably one of the greatest Star Trek movies that I've ever seen. Rathacon. It goes. <laughs> I like. I like. There, there no. was not even any sort of nope. sentence no, no, before no. after Rathacon. that. Rathacon. It goes, no, no. It like, goes two, four, yeah, six. Yeah. Mic drop. Right. One, five. Yeah. And then, oh, just ignore generations. It's terrible. Wait, you put you you listed five at all? I like five. It's fun. You Which, okay? Okay, hold on. <laughs> Let's I, move on because uh, five is the worst. One of the worst films ever made. Also, I just home? yeah, I just really don't want you guys to like have a fist fight in our studio. I do. What are you talking no, no, about? Like, I don't know what five. It's five. Voyage home. No, that's four. No. Oh, okay. What's five? Five is the uh, five is the final frontier. It's, it's the, one, the religious it's, one. Fly to the center of the universe to look for God. It's and the it was, one that is William that space Sh- whales. It's no the no, space whales is four. That's four. Uh, I love that one. Five is yeah. the is the only one that William Shatner directed, and it shows. Uh, <laughs> thank you. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> it has it has Spock's half brother Cybok in it, and they go to the center of the they go to the center of the universe and to find God, and it's a big giant glowing head, a la. Uh, the the Wizard of Oz and oh, no. and uh, the the classic line from oh it, see I was gonna say Andros from Star Fox but nobody too. did a barrel oh, you also, nobody <laughs> did a barrel on the way there you so. also you also have fifty five year old Deshel Nichols yeah naked doing a fan dance to it's, distract a bunch of guys standing on a it's you, weird you don't see anything she, it's she weird. still had it yeah no she, she definitely still had but it but it was she so weird she's she like still has it. yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah, no. And then you and then the it's... classic line from the movie is when Patrick Stewart, Patrick Stewart. That's who I wanted to be in this movie. When William Shatner is confronted him him McCoy and uh and Spock are confronting the giant head of God and uh God wants to get on their spaceship to get off the planet. Oh, and, of course. And uh Kirk turns to God and says, "Uh excuse me, but what does God need with a starship?" Does um, the giant head also look at him and say, "Show me what you got"? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, and then it la- and then an eyeball lasers him. Wubba dub dub. Yeah. Then an eyeball lasers him. Then they transport back up to the ship, and then they blow the hell out of the planet. Are you being sarcastic, or is that really what happened? No, that's that really is one hundred percent what happened. Oh my spoilers. god! Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> that sounded like you were making fun of it. I didn't spoilers know that was a real story. Movie. The, the movie. The movie starts with the three the three main guys with McCoy, Spock, and Kirk. In Yellowstone, camping, and then they sing the one. Uh, Wait, they, they sing. They sing the one royalty-free song that they could think of, which is "Row, Row, Row Your Boat." Okay. And they all sing in sequence, so they do the echo, the "Row, Yay. Row, Row Your Boat," "Row, Row." Yeah. And their height, that like Kirk is climbing. I think El. What is he climbing? El Capitan. Shirtless, right? No, because oh. at this point he's like fifty and, and pudgy. So shirtless. Yeah, he's using the sweat to stick to the side of the mountain, and he's he's climbing, and he falls or he slips, and then you see Spock float up because he's wearing anti grav boots, and he's like, he's like, it's completely illogical that you're climbing this mountain without. He's like, oh, there's no fun if you don't climb just by yourself. It's you against nature, and then he falls, and then he then Spock goes down and like swoops him up like freaking. You know, there's a man that did not age well, and it's it's him. Captain Kirk did not age well. Well, at this point, he's in his 80s. He's like 85. So he's actually aged pretty well. He's oh, just, he's, just, like, he's 85? Or he might be older. 
I did not know he was that old. I yeah, did he's, not. He's I just because I see like the original show and I'm like, wow, that is a good looking guy. And then I see it now and I'm like, whoa, well, not a good looking guy. Think about it. In in 1966, when Star Trek came out, I want to say William Shatner was like in his mid 30s. He's 87. What? Yeah. Wow. So that was four. That was 50 years ago. Okay. How that old was 52 is, years ago. How old is Michael Douglas? Mike Douglas. Oh, Mike Douglas. Because like he still kind of got it. Is Kirk Douglas still alive? Or is he dead? Because he's you over. Guys are, you guys are getting him. He's over 100. I'm thinking the guy in the Ant Man movie. Oh, the Michael, Michael Douglas. Okay. He, I think he's in yeah. his 70s. Okay. Oh, he's he's born uh, like 12 years after. He's 73. Okay. So oh. I was right in his Okay. Yes. So it's 73 man looks better than the 80s. Okay, I'll give you that. Well, right. So when you guys yeah, invited us after. onto the show, did you have any idea how far we could derail you from <laughs> Not the main whatsoever, talk? but you know what? I, I it's possible because sometimes we do this and we just edit it. See, out. I'm usually but, <laughs> but so it's all being edited out. See, cutting I'm, all. No, this I'm usually out. the flag man when we do this and I'm like, "Okay, let's Because he's got a clock in front of him, but I'm okay to yeah, do it for I, a long I've time. I've got so. a clock in front of me and I'm also the one that sits in front of the thing to look at it and I go, "Oh god, I got to edit two and a half hours. <laughs> but and you know the, what? And then the next time I'm like, we're doing it for an hour. We're doing it live. But you know what? You know what we could do is uh, let's put this. We can take this Star Trek conversation and cut part of it out. We'll put it someplace uh, special for yeah, the listeners. Like, this could be an extra. This could be an extra episode. It's like an extra twenty minute thing. Bonus. I'm going Childhood to Thailand remastered. for a few weeks. So. After dark. <laughs> Brown chicken, brown cow. So let's talk about so, all the cartoons that made us feel ways about stuff. Oh, oh in too our many. pants. Uh, Jessica oh. Rabbit. No, uh, um, really? So Magic School Bus. <laughs> oh, what? Wait, hold on. Okay, no. Are you in your about Miss she's Alfred? a Miss she's Frizzle. a redhead who teaches. Oh, I'm my. sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, the new Miss Frizzle is definitely better than the old one. Miss Frizzle regard. dizzles your jizzle. <laughs> Are you proud of yourself? I can see Anthony going, yes. <laughs> I'm never proud of myself. No, no, never. So I think at the end of this, I think all of us, uh, most of us enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed it. I, okay, I can enjoy- gotcha, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I can enjoy something and still find fault with it. Oh, that's yeah. That's true. That's yeah. essentially marriage. That, that's, well, <laughs> that's how I live my life is- uh, they love me, but they, they still find me uh, mildly irritating. I, I really want you to go home and just see three more cats and go, what the fuck? <laughs> it's going to happen. She knows I would lose my shit. Like I said, I don't put my foot down on a lot of stuff. I put my foot down on that. The one thing, that's my one stand, my last stand. The last stand. <laughs> the hill he's willing to die on. Yeah. I will. Oh, I will. Oh, you know, the thing is going to happen, is, though, is you're, you're the one who's going to rescue a cat. I did. That's the last one. That was mine. I mean, it was sort of both of ours, but that one's mine. She convinced you it was yours. Yeah. Yeah. That's how she got to keep it. That's that's definitely how marriage works. I've been Stockholmed. So, you know, honestly, I think this was fun, you guys. Yes. it It was cool to come out and hang out at a new place and... And actually, it was a good episode, I think. I th- yeah. I think he thinks. Fun. Yeah. He's so not sure yet. He gets in the car, never bringing them well, back. Well, I mean, fans of, <laughs> child- yeah. fans of Childhood Remastered, if you did enjoy us, please tell these guys, because we actually had a lot of fun here, too. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. I-, I think we've talked about maybe doing other stuff, too, if it, if it turned out it was fun. I think it was fun. Oh, so. and then you guys are yeah. actually going to be showing up on our show pretty soon. Yeah. 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 I, think, I think by the time this comes out, we'll be recording soon. 
with you guys. Are they coming so. out for revenge? Because that's what I would do. I'd be they like, we're going to derail actually, the hell okay, out of their show. So, so this is we'll really... talk about it here because I mean we're are we're already here. You're this... talking to Ad Douglas over here. Yeah. <laughs> Ad what? Uh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What color? Huh? <laughs> Sorry. So. Uh, there actually are getting uh, childhood remastered is getting some some revenge on us. Uh, so uh, as Ready Set Geek, you know, and Alex, if you want to talk about Ready Set Geek, what it's all about. Sure. Yeah, we'll do a quick rundown. Who are you guys? We're strangers. Stranger danger. <laughs> all the danger. <laughs> so we are Ready Set Geek, which is your starting line to geek culture, and pretty much it's us trying out different geeky things, podcasts, and cosplay, and video games, and comic books, and then sharing our experiences and if you relate to one of us then that shows you you know what you might think of it or if you don't relate to us then you're like "Mm, they didn't like it i'm definitely gonna like it cool (laughs) so you know oh excuse you (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's just kind of helping people find a starting point to launch off to and get into geek culture uh, there, we find that there are a lot of barriers in geek culture, right? Uh, yeah. And if you don't, yeah, gatekeeping. Oh thank my you. god, yes. And if there, if we don't have fun conversations like this, like it, it tends to leave people out of it. So that's actually why we created the show. I don't know why, but I had a flashback to an anime expo in 2004, standing in line at a Pizza Hut and having some guy cosplayed as a character from Naruto, and the guy behind him who had not bathed in a very long time, <laughs> was trying to argue with him about why the bandana wasn't on properly and he didn't know anything about his show. And he's like, dude, like, leave me and my girlfriend alone. It's massive gatekeeping. And like the whole, like the whole place, it was like a hundred people packed in this like pizza hut. And everybody's like, dude, leave him alone. Shut up. I can and think he, of a couple other words in gatekeeping. Yeah, yeah, yep. well, yeah. So <laughs> I, I was like, I, I had a flashback to that because you get a lot of that, like, well, I know this more and this yes. and this. And it's yeah. like, well, if you don't like this version of my thing, then you're not a fan. Oh, you like anime? Name seven animes from this studio. <laughs> or what happens with me whenever I'm like, yeah, I love Dragon Ball Z. They go, that's not anime. And I'm like, okay. It's well, like, I don't care. I just like it. So yeah. F you. It's, and, it's probably, yeah. it, it's quite arguably the anime that probably introduced most Americans to anime. Yeah. I would argue. I think for me it was Ninja Scroll. (laughs) I just, I don't know much of this stuff and I'll never forget when we were at an anime convention on accident. I had no idea it was an anime convention. What a horrible accident to wind up. I just stood there and I was like, what? is happening and luckily I had JPG who was there to like guide me and explain what certain stuff yeah yeah move you towards the hentai tent well (laughs) (laughs) or the yaoi one whatever yeah yaoi yuri whatever what the heck whatever it doesn't worry about it you don't want to know don't look it up don't look it up up. I wouldn't even know how to spell it um it's just one of those things it's spelled (laughs) t-e-n-t no 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 tentacle uh sorry go ahead uh, oh, I, I thought that was hentai. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where he was there to help me because there was one incident where these people were wearing anime masks, and I was oh, very scared. God, it's uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's like the the realistic, the hyper realistic ones are yeah. creepy as shit. Yeah, yeah. No, I know what you're talking about. I, think, yeah. I, I know it wasn't staring at me, but it was. And I I'm not even using genders because I don't know what, but it was staring at me. And it was freaking me out, and like, I'm ba- yeah, yeah. So, so Cole, I do have uh, some bad news though. Uh, Childhood remastered is punishing us uh, because uh, we're actually going to be giving an intro to the My Little Pony films in August. Hell yeah, we are! Wait, wait, but I think we're doing the very first one ever made. Yep, and, and the, most the most one. recent one. Oh, yeah. What the fuck did I do to you guys? That was <laughs> nice. I sat here quietly. I only cursed a little bit. Well, we. 
on our show in the very beginning watched six episodes of the very original My Little Pony. Cool. So if we have to endure it, and so no, do no, 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 that's not how this works. That is oh, so not how this works. It's no. called shared suffering. It builds bonds. Oh. I'm so excited. Yeah, oh. it's, a, it's shared suffering for all. So, <laughs> oh my god, I haven't seen the ne- I haven't seen the newest movie, so I won't judge. I have but but in I theaters. will say. <laughs> But uh, Sean and I are gonna probably have to sit and watch that. So, so are we watch? Are we watching the first movie that ever made? Or are we watching the new? We're movie? watching Both. the first Both. one from from 1986, okay. and then we're also watching the 2017 version. Oh my god, I'm about to drink. They're totally different, and yes, you will have to drink. A oh lot. yeah, no, no, I I routinely respect <laughs> that. Speaking yeah. of drinking, here in California, I just learned this today. Here in California, where recreational cannabis is legal, Laguanitas, the uh, and I don't. This isn't a plug for them. I just saw this. I thought it was awesome. Laguanitas, which is a brewing com- is a brew company that is here in California, is making a non-alcoholic, cannabis-infused, hop-flavored water beverage. Beverage. Wait, so you're wait what? So it's, you're drinking non-beer weed. Yes. Yes. Because for I think Laguanitas would so get you're in trouble if they beer make flavored weed, alcohol, and weed. Yeah. Okay. Because it's it's. Yeah, it's, it is heavily regulated. Yeah. So yes. do you, are heavily you gonna, regulated. Are you going to get high from yes. drinking? Yes. I would but be not, so confused. But not drunk. Yeah. Just high. You just high. That would be the, like, I'm telling you, because if you're drinking no, no, something what you and do is, you get high, it'd be weird. What you want to do is you want to wrap all those in black paper and then play, like, Russian roulette. Oh, that's called Minefield. Yeah. You ever well, do that? We played that. Yeah. That we was a mistake. routinely yeah. play Minefield yeah. because we're children. Yeah. But I want to, I, I told my wife about that. She was like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think I think that'll do it this week, right? Yeah. Did you guys want to say anything else about your network? Oh, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook using the handle Ready, Set, Geek Podcast. And of course, the Geek Say What Network also on Instagram and Facebook where we have our sister podcasts. Geek KO and Geek Offensive. Beautiful. Uh, if you want to check out our show, uh, you can check that out at childhoodremastered.com. I just realized today that our social media links do not show up on mobile, so I am working to rectify that. It should be rectified by the time this episode has come out, so you probably, I shouldn't have even mentioned it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you can check that out at uh, childhoodremastered.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That There's, explains all the, the, the mass emails that we were getting on our side. I was like, yeah. holy crap, we're getting so many emails. And then, oh, that's why. Because yeah. people kept going and not going to the yeah, other side. Yeah, but now more people will go to the other side because they want to see if you've actually fixed it. So oh, that I was will. actually a good thing yeah, to mention. Yeah, I, I will. Uh, and uh, please, if you want to request a uh, show for us to cover, you can send us an email. You can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter or anything. We, should not, we actually have a phone number. You can call and leave us a voicemail. That's... Your prerogative. We'll put you on the air if you want. I don't care. <laughs> uh, torture us. Make us watch something good. It doesn't matter. If you want to yell at us and think that our... If you want to say that I'm completely wrong about Ninja Turtles 2, the secret of the boo! Sean is, is more than happy to engage in an internet argument. You I have will t- no idea. I will tell you in about 15 ways how you're wrong and I'm right. Don't worry, internet. I'll tell him. <laughs> and then and then he'll he'll private message me uh, screenshots of the argument and then I'll tell him to calm down and then I'll go look at him like no this person's crazy and then and then we'll just uh, rage together so let's so, let's do that come let's... share the love and the rage with us yeah let's do I also want to thank John Howarth for the use of our 
intro music. The song is called Nascent. You can find a link to that song and all the other songs on his SoundCloud on our website, childhoodremastered.com, under the music tab. It's great music. We actually, if you've been paying attention, we added a little extra part of that music to the intro there. It's all part of the same song, Nascent, so check it out. It's a great song. And, and that'll do it this week. Yeah, so. that'll do it. Uh, thank you so much again for letting us come join in your space and share your space and, and your studio. And thank you so much for your contributions. And we look forward to hopefully not ruining your show in a couple of weeks. You're ruining my life. That's what you're ruining. Well, that, I don't I don't care about that. I just, uh, that's your problem. <laughs> Longest two hours of my life. Uh, two well, hours. Thanks. Longest four hours. Four hours. Two yeah. movies. It's two movies, man. Probably more if like, I drink enough, it's two. I gotta fit both these movies into my roots. Oh yeah, this guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, like Chris said, that'll do it for us. And until next time, this is Sean and Chris and Alex. I mean Cole and JPG. <laughs> and this has been your childhood remastered. We will see you next time. <laughs> what the shit was that real? <laughs> we do that at the end. Oh my god. <laughs>